Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This one's for you Okay, let's get started. Two little turtles have awoken, crying and naked in the moonlight. They look upon a world torn, with no sun to bear them sight. A world shattered appears as they peek out from their den. For it is the outer darkness in which Amy and Riley must descend. This is Turtle Time, and my name is Riley Hamilton. Oh my god. This is Amy. You know me. Hopefully. Yes. yes. That uh, you're must be going through something. That was a interesting tome. Well see here just a little peek behind the curtain. Outer darkness, you know, is that is the the fifth level of hell or whatever for Mormons. You remember Heather? Heather talks about that the worst thing you can do, the complete absence of, of like heaven is outer darkness. That's where, that's where bad Mormons go. It's like Dante vibes. Total Dante vibes. It's a new different, it's layers of purgatory, which I had never heard before, but in a season, I think season two, Heather describes the levels. The ultimate goal is that you get your own planet, populated with all of your paradise planet yes and then there's like a waiting period area where you don't get your full planet but you're waiting and then the there's one other level and then the worst level is outer darkness you have no chance i think of being uh, redeemed do you think that there are some mormons that think that she's gonna be there because of her book bad mormon yeah she talks about it yeah and she talks about she says that like even serial killers and um whatever uh, other like evil purely evil people they have a better chance of being at that third level than her because Whoa. she is a um what's it called when you she's a renounced mormon yeah. she's a uh, that's like what scientologists call an sp yes a suppressive ex- person exactly it's like the worst horrors are bestowed <laughs> upon the people who knew the truth knew got access to it and then turned their back wow isn't that interesting yeah and <laughs> our uh 
beautiful uh, helper, Jimmy, is bringing us coffees right now because yes. we were too tired to acquire it ourselves. This looks amazing. <laughs> we This is awesome. If you're looking on YouTube, uh, we hate to do Thanks, visual helper, stuff. Jimmy. Yeah, this is amazing. Thank you, Jimmy. <laughs> I got a venti iced coffee, two pumps of classic syrup, and whole milk um, yes. as a little bit of a creamer. Yes. I got a... Ice, my grande ice americano in a venti cup, extra ice, two percent. Did they fulfill the the extra ice uh, requirement? <laughs> Definitely, because it's supposed to be a grande. Oh right, right, right. So okay, well, this is amazing. This is truly going to help us <laughs> this out. This is not Starbucks spawn. No, but, not at all. Um, we were bad Mormons last night, and we went out and we had some drinks, and so we're tie tie today. Yes, that's why we need coffee. We um, can I say where we went? Sure. We went to this bar called bar stella which i've never been to before oh, really? it's, yeah i've never been there had you yeah it's been a long time though um yeah it's in the silver lake junction yes right by intelligentsia coffee yeah. if you've ever been to the yeah that silver lake area and it was you know fun we drank glasses of wine we danced you know for a couple <laughs> minutes right <laughs> yeah they're trying to blast our ears off with this freaking uh brass music yeah at a certain point they wanted us out so bad because we were sort of what's that called holding it down till the end like it was yeah. they were just like they wanted people to leave so they were blasting the music so loud that you could barely function in there but we <laughs> we withstood it it was literally we kept saying like the opening scene from babylon oh yeah what i forget oh oh like when they're having that wonderful party yeah right there's like an elephant and everyone's like going insane was there um there was loud music there yeah did you like Babylon? <laughs> we can't get into this. Did we already talk about it? <laughs> I hated it. Me too. Oh my god. He's a hack. Oh yeah. Wait. Oh my god. I was so I you could I you could have been fifty fifty on me and I wouldn't have known. I because we weren't really super friendly. I mean, we we're friendly, but we weren't close at the time. But I was like La La Land's number one hater of oh, all time. Okay. Like yeah. I was like campaigning across town. Each each effort that Damien Chazelle does past whiplash i i've seen yeah, whiplash he's was good on, yeah he's running on fumes since oh, then yeah. and babylon i i was a part of some weird intersection of the internet that was like trying to redeem it like it was a cult classic or whatever but when i watched it, i was like this is dog shit it's <laughs> it's uh aping way better movies yes yeah. ripping off boogie nights totally. uh, other directors that he cherishes yeah. that he can't uh, replicate. I know. Once I started making the Boogie Nights connections, they like never ended. Yeah, there was like so many scenes where I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. There's there's a whole scene that is just like basically the fireworks scene in Boogie Nights yeah. where Dirk Diggler is trying to rob uh, the guy and the yeah. fireworks are going off. There's like a almost an Which exact is like one of the great scenes. Yeah, almost exact ripoff, <laughs> except with um, Tobey Maguire yeah. as uh, who plays that in the fireworks guy? It's Alfred, Alfred Molina. Molina. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. He's so good. So anyway, yeah, that's... No, that movie sucks ass. It's so long. It's like, there were parts of it that I thought like in a more coherent movie could have been cool. Yeah. Like bits and pieces of it. I was like, because I'm interested in that time and place, obviously. Like I'm very into that. Yeah, me too. Um, but like, it was like a mess. Yeah. It's just, He's a it's, bad writer. Yeah. And it's not funny. Bad director. It was supposed to be, yeah, it was supposed to be funny. A lot of the moments were supposed to be funny. It's not Margot funny. Margot Robbie wasn't very good. Yeah. I mean, she, she to me was the best thing by far in it, but she wasn't very good. Brad Pitt was boring in it. The main guy, I don't I mean, yeah. no offense, like watching paint Snooze. dry. <laughs> anyway, well, but you're right. Barstella was exactly like that opening scene of Babylon. Um, Had more fun last night than watching Babylon. Me too. <laughs> um but yeah so i don't know 
what else to say the podcast is done good night <laughs> that was it we we wanted to do a super short episode this week where we kind of just get down to the basics and then get out but actually i think there is stuff that warrants talking about yeah um because i i'll just say up front before we even talk about news i had a lot of fun watching salt lake city mm-hmm. i was kind of like energized by it I well, was, you did it right because you rewatched all of it yes. right before so you were like studied yeah i was studied and i actually like um i i like all of the cast members mm-hmm. pretty much like it seems like they perhaps did a good job with their additions yes oh yeah 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 i mean we'll talk about it but yeah. i thought monica was a shooting star well it's also perfect because she is so directly connected yeah. to Jen, who's not here anymore, that she can just be like a proxy and she knows everything yes. about what happened there. So it's not like some rando. It's like she can help fill in the gaps of this person that's now gone, who we have a lot of questions about. Yeah, it was and like, she's totally willing to just like only talk about that. Right. It was, it was perfect. Like yeah. Jen's replacement is someone that knows all of Jen's secrets yeah. and potentially called the secret service on her I, <laughs> I had to think about that i was like wait secret service like like the president's bodyguards yeah but i think they do even more okay. secret service does even more because i watched this movie called in the line of fire with clint eastwood and apparently secret service have other duties okay. that are not just bodyguards okay it's so, like investigation yeah and shit. so the secret service would know i think internally that something like this was coming okay. but i do think there is a chance that monica <laughs> it, m- uh, did not mention the detail that maybe she is the one who potentially, <laughs> because she became a witness. Yeah. So anyway, I thought she was an amazing casting. I mean, she blows Angie K out of the water. Yeah. Angie K looks too much like the other ones too. Yeah. If you put Lisa, Meredith, and Angie K in like a hug where they're all three hugging, I wouldn't know. If they were like, if they were hugging inward (laughs) Inward. and they were spinning a little bit, (laughs) and you had had to to like run around in a circle and tap the shoulder of who I thought was who. Yeah, it'd be that game, you know, where you watch the hands and one of them has the The um, ball. Yeah, a little ball in it. Do you think it would be kind of like that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so Salt Lake City, you know, preemptively, I thought I was having a very good time. Thought it was fun as hell. And then OC, I thought. OC is so hit or miss. They could have the most boring episode and Tamara could be being horrible. But this one, I liked that there was a little, uh, it seemed like more authentic conflict going on. Yeah. And it was fun. And I love that they just immediately went to Mexico, like in the midst of the They were just like at dinner all of a sudden. You like blinked and they were already at dinner. There was no like bullshit about them like getting ready and like in selecting rooms and whatever. Yes. It was the, the, the like the least attempt at justifying why they were going on a trip I've ever seen. Yeah. It was like, I think we have to go to Mexico so we can do shots of tequila. And they were like, yeah. And then within two minutes. <laughs> yeah, they were like, we need to go on a trip. Where can we do tequila shots? And they're like, Mexico? And they're like, Mexico it is. <laughs> yeah, so I like that. Then Atlanta had a spark. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like... A lot the, of documents. A lot of documents. It's like the greatest hits of the season. You know, the season mm-hmm. was long and it was... Uh, spread thin the the amount of conflict that we will witness but the reunion hypes it all up you know yeah so I like that and then and then I have to say up front Roni can't get worse <laughs> it can't get worse 
it's so boring it is so boring there's no way andy watched that episode and thought it was good no i mean there's there's no way and that's why i'm starting to worry i'm I'm starting to worry if he you know purposefully lies because he overhyped he overhyped it you're such a fucking liar andy (laughs) right i mean there is i i I believe you. If I trust Andy and I trust his taste and I know that he's responsible for some of the greatest decisions, obviously, in, in all of the franchises, I don't think he could have watched that episode. Yeah. Or, I mean, or anyone could have watched that episode. I mean, we did have people defending what they liked about it. I, yeah. Which I, I have to read all of that. Yeah. Because I know that there are Roni defenders, but I feel like even more than last week, this one is almost indefensible. Yeah. I watched it on Sunday night when I was just chilling. And then I watched it again last night to take notes. And I was like, why am I watching this again? Like, there's yeah. no there there. Do you think if we weren't, like, talking about it together and uh, recording a podcast about it, do you think personally you would have grinned and bear it, bared it? Or do you think you would have given up? Um, I probably would still watch it, but, like, super passively. Yeah. Like, I pretty much always still watch yeah it's just like the degree of how much i'm on my phone yeah and like doing other shit you know yeah i think it's true i think yeah my level of passivity while watching it would have changed i think i still would have watched it it is interesting to watch in terms of like for me to see how bad a franchise can (laughs) can go it's like it's like deprived of oxygen it's yeah (laughs) i I mean they, they they're not doing anything yeah they're not they, I, 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 you can counter this and you might, but like, I have not seen them have a genuine moment of fun as a group where they were all just doing something out together and having fun as a group. Like, yeah. Once. They're truly grasping at straws. It's sad. <laughs> yeah. It, it's sad and wild. And you have to think, um, oh, and also the, the ratings, they had a little bit of an uptick. Okay. Like they were in the 500,000, which is like not horrible, but it's not great for Roni. Yeah. Roni never got that low. Legacy Roni. Mm-hmm. They just had a big uh, bump down. Again, like four, 460,000 or 450,000. So it's it's not going up as the season goes. Yeah. Another little dip. And I mean, I think we've talked about it every week, but at a certain point, are you going to, is he going to dig in his heels, Andy, and say, yeah. I just got to give these, you know, these cast members more time? Or is he going to just admit a mistake? It's so hard to admit a mistake. Yeah. I wonder, it's so interesting. I'm very curious about how they think about the everything moving forward, being that it seems like Peacock is such a big of part of their strategy. Yes. You know, and that's like such a big part of the whole conversation that's happening right now where streaming is on one hand not profitable or they're saying it's not profitable enough to give writers or actors what they're asking for Mm -hmm. but at the same time like there's all of this huge business around you know like i think i saw disney's trying to like buy back stock from is it comcast that owns part of hulu it's like billions and billions of dollars anyways i'm just saying like do they more care about having content for Peacock mm-hmm. more than um, like linear viewers? Like, do you think it's like taking their eye off the prize where the low viewership won't bother them as much as it did when that was the only game in town? You know what I mean? Well, I think 
I think, isn't this what Netflix is sort of going through where it's like they did want to just be a content hub where it doesn't matter, like as long as you go there and you just have so many options, but then now they're starting to see that they do need to justify having a lot of viewers. Like, yeah, I, I don't know, like exactly if it's just content, no matter what is good. Yeah, I think. I just think that Peacock would be a, is a good testing ground. Like I do mm-hmm. think this huge decision that Andy made would have been a much better decision if that had been a Peacock um, exclusive. exclusive. Yeah. And then if it was getting ratings like this, presumably, or like people were really uh, liked about, liked it because the expectations were completely different, then maybe it gets the upgrade. Right. You know? That's, like Miami. Yeah. Like Miami. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I have to assume that they still, it's still, they just weigh how many viewers does this get versus how much does it cost? Like, I'm sure Crappy Lake was a success because it was talked about it. <laughs> and talked it costs about like a, lot. a dollar. <laughs> and it didn't, yeah, it didn't cost very much. So I think they just still make the same calculations with content. Yeah. Like, are we going to have another Sonia and Luann Crappy Lake based off the ratings and reviews, you yeah. know, or streaming numbers? Yeah. It's just, I mean, we talked about this, I think, last week. But again, so crazy to just be reminded how many people watched Vanderpump last season? Right. And that that is possible. Because I think we keep kind of just going like, those days are over. Like, right. no, yeah. nobody watches TV like that anymore. And it's like, well, they can yeah. if there's, you know, something that's a big deal. Yeah, they totally could. Um, Salt Lake City is definitely trying to have some, like, moment that, like, I don't know, breaks the fourth wall or whatever. Did you mm-hmm. watch the trailer for the full season? Yes. I feel like Salt Lake City every season has to have like one like huge scandal to like right. that equates to the Jen Shaw thing. And yeah. Like, they never quite uh, get there. Yeah. Like the Heather black I mean, eye. Nothing can compare to the the van or like the, right. the feds literally interrupting filming. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like so at the beginning, whatever, we'll get into it, but. Yeah, I wonder what that whole thing's going to be that Heather's, like, losing her mind about. Right. It's, like, what could it possibly be? Yeah, I have no clue. Um, um, quickly, um, we were going to go over some news items. First, um, have you, uh, about Carl and Lindsay, how are you feeling? There's not really much new news, except it's really not looking good for Carl, in my well, POV. I, okay. <laughs> yeah okay yeah let's just let's talk about it for a little bit so i read all i know is that you know i try not to let anonymous posts yeah. influence my view because like this is the time where fake news gets to reap upon the world there was so much fake news after scandal fake there, news yeah exactly <laughs> right exactly i i just think that i'm skeptical of a lot of stuff comes up because anybody can profit off n- news right now without yeah. really justifying it and I don't know how it is. I know I never say it right. Is Dumois like reputable, or can anyone just submit a blind item and um, they yeah. don't have to validate it because it's just randomly submitted to them? Yeah, it's kind of weird. I don't know totally how it works. I know I've whoever that woman is that runs it. She like has a podcast too, and it seems like she tries to not like source, but it seems like she has some. It's metric for yeah, like determining if it's just not a complete slander, right? Like, someone can't... like she seems to put some thought into it, and it seems like it's like 
pretty often kind of accurate like take everything with a grain of salt of course but they always confirm like she'll put like confirmed once the news right. story comes out and she'll post what the blind item was on there and so like a lot of the time there's something to yeah, it but the, a lot of it is bullshit but like Bethany Frankel one like right after the Raquel interview that that came up on Dumois was so dumb to what me was maybe it? so skeptical it was like this toxic boss who was on a <laughs> New York franchise for a really long time is is talking about toxic work environments when she's actually the biggest perpetuator of a toxic environment it just was so clearly <laughs> someone just trying to get back at Bethany because she had yeah. Raquel on her podcast yeah. and so they were just like using <laughs> that outlet to add you know like a rumor into the world yeah um but um yeah i don't know i kind of just like i scroll it i'm also like very bad at um blind items unless they're so obvious like i'm bad it's like always a riddle oh yeah and i'm uh, like i can't figure yeah, that out <laughs> yeah, no, me too. like it'll be like this uh songstress like foxy song like i'm like huh <laughs> yeah, like, yeah right um so with the carl and uh Lindsay, i i saw one that was like a comment on dumois i hope i'm getting this right but it was yeah. something like Lindsay made carl look bad all summer mm -hmm. and she was completely emotionless when carl broke up with her which yeah can uh, picture no, it perfectly. No offense to Lindsay, but I can definitely picture a world where she was just... Stone-faced. Absolutely stone-faced. Like, and obviously, I'm sure, hurt by it. But having no emotion, like I've seen her do that to Danielle's face. Yeah. And I was shocked by it then. I can imagine a world where both those things are true. I mean, I have seen Lindsay treat Carl like shit. You know, objectively, I think people could, could make that claim. Not that there's any justification for Carl blindsiding on camera. But that sounds as true to me as... Lindsay was devastated. She cried all night. She can't leave her home. Yeah. Carl is um, ha having sex with someone else and he got someone <laughs> pregnant. Yeah. I mean, this is the time where people want to take advantage of what we don't know. Right. And I think it sounds a little too salacious to me that Carl was cheating. Right. And getting someone pregnant. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I saw, again, this is like slander. So I'm just saying it's just pure that, slander. like what I saw online. Like, yeah. Yeah, this is all Whatever. alleged. It's all BS. Yeah. But there was a comment that was like, and he's potentially still using, which like, oh, would be dark. Oh, that was all that. Where was that at also? That might have been, uh, was it? I think I saw like a TikTok about that same pregnancy thing. Yeah. And then there were like comments on it. Um, that to me is so easy though because it's just of like the, it's like one of the five facts mm -hmm. you know about carl that any casual person knows and yeah. so just bringing that into e the ether sure um and then um but one thing that came up that i did think was interesting was remember last year or was it this year like when the show was on um there was that rumor going around that someone on summer house was cheating and everyone just automatically thought it was kyle yes and he was like Lindsay started that rumor, blah, blah, blah. And there was that whole thing. Right. And I'm like, maybe it was Carl. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I don't, I don't view you Carl don't see as, him a as a cheater. Cheater. I mean, he was definitely. I mean, he's historically a fuck boy. Yeah, he was a fuck boy. And I don't, I just, I, for some reason, I can't imagine Carl cheating on Lindsay, especially with the scrutiny that he would have. Anyone would submit that. Like, I mean, 
I don't know. I, I, I don't buy it, but I guess I wouldn't be fully surprised yeah. if it happened. I'm just allowing the space for us to explore all options. I think, I I believe that Lindsay and Carl had raucous fights Yeah. while they were planning their wedding. And what seemed like mer- like you know pre-wedding jitters or, or, or you know the fights you have because you're just stressed out might have taken Carl uh, to a place where he, you know he couldn't do it anymore like yeah. they could have just been too uh, wild for him at this stage in his life and you know so I think I just imagine it was like, because we already saw the relationship like that. Yeah. I just think that at, at a certain point, probably the fighting was too severe for him right before the wedding. Yeah, totally. Um, didn't the one of the cheating rumors say that the source was like Everett or something? Really? That also just sounds like, <laughs> hey, Everett's back into play. You know? Oh, oh, that was when, that was when, was that the one that, that where people all thought it was about Kyle? That mm-hmm. Everett, Everett was the one who, who started that, right? Oh, really? I think so. Okay. I, yeah. What, he like wants to be back on the show probably. Yeah. Um, There's been so much turnover on the Summer House cast, like the Everett and Workus twins era and oh, Cedar. Yeah. It's like a full, it had a full Stephen rebrand. Stephen was such a bummer. Yeah. I want, they should, I don't know. You know what? Again, slander, slander, slander. But some of the comments on that cheating post were like, well, a man can't get pregnant. And the person replied and they were like, are you saying that? Carl cheated with a man and they were like that's exactly what I'm saying and they were like I have a good source really yeah wow <laughs> which is a fun thing to imagine I wonder what Stephen would have to say about that because he seemed to always be implying that Carl was down did he yeah I mean I remember, remember he- Carl was like yeah I've had my dick sucked by a guy like who cares which I'm like cool yeah but I'm like that would be interesting. Yeah, I mean, do you think? Do you think? Um, I mean, I have no idea. Um, I th- I always felt like when Carl said that story, he was like, it happened, and it you know, like it, it was the he said it was the best um, you know blowjob of his life. But I didn't take that as I don't know. He was admitting bisexuality. Sure. Yeah. I just have it in my toolbox of evidence yeah. where if it were to go in that direction, could be fun for us all. That, when Carl was describing that scene, it was like, what, do you remember like the details of it? It was like, he was like, he was doing a play and he was in a playhouse in North Hollywood and they had just got done like <laughs> performing on stage and then they went into a back room and he had, bleak. and he had a he had like a threesome with two women and then the director came in. Oh my God. Do you remember that? You need to rewatch that. The details of it? Yeah, because it was like, because Steven is, you know, he he's the one who fully just told that to <laughs> yeah. everyone. Like this story that, that Carl told him. Yeah. Um, remember private. when um, <laughs> Jordan was uh, trying to uh, pretend that he had a sex life and he was like, and uh, the the chick stuck uh, her thumb up my ass and I screamed. <laughs> yeah, he was doing like forty uh, year old virgin bits and like American Pie stuff to like. Everyone was like, "Huh." It was Kyle's reactions to Jordan in the house are are so funny because he just doesn't believe anything Those Jordan were good says times. ever. Oh, that was so great. He was just a blatant liar. Yeah, just such a liar. And then. What was the funny Andrea story? He also told a funny sex story where he was like, uh, it was like maybe 
Did he lie about sex? He didn't lie, but he told a funny story about something that had happened. I'm trying to remember. I think they were all going around and telling funny stories. Um, oh, I miss Summer House. I'm ready me, for it to come back. Me too. I, I think <laughs> I'm so excited that I can't believe how close we are to Southern Charm coming back. Oh it like, feels like this you know, huge thing that I didn't have to wait for it. You know, right. I just had my whole Southern Charm journey just the last month and, and now I'm just like right back into it. We have it. too so many excited. housewives on right now. I'm like, let's trade out for some different franchises. Yes. I agree. Um, okay. Um, I do need to mention you sent me a new trailer for that show villains today and there's a special appearance by Carol Baskin. <laughs> yes. So the show looks horrendous. Like one of the worst pieces of content I've ever seen in my life. And, you know, I said a couple weeks ago that I think that when Bravo talent goes into a different reality world, it sort of like cheapens their brand because yeah. other rea- other networks don't know how to portray them with the beautiful Bravo sheen that we see. So this looks awful. And I think it was when Jax was f- thought that he was, you know, done completely with yeah. Vanderpump Rules. And so he was just, he, he wanted to win $200,000 or whatever. <laughs> but the show looks horrible. Yeah. Jax is in the trailer for maybe one minute playing hockey. And then I think I heard that he leaves the show early because of a family emergency oh or something. Oh, my God. So he's barely in it. He can't and then, help himself. Yeah, and then I was shocked. I was watching it, and it looks... Did you watch the full trailer? I kind of scrubbed through. Just, I couldn't take it. it. Yeah, it looks so bad. I mean, I don't care about any of those those villains. I don't care yeah. about any of those other shows. Uh, Jax is in it for one second. And then, yeah, but then they go... They go we've... I felt like the house was missing something. Joel McHale said that. Uh-huh. So I kind of feel bad for Joel McHale. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a fall from grace. Why can't he find something that works for him? Yeah. He's always just like has to be the host of some really garbage show. Yeah. What's wrong? I feel like he was on the cusp for a while. What's wrong? Well, by your logic, that means he's bad. Yeah, he could be horrible on set. <laughs> anyway, he's like, kind of like, whoa, this this show is wild, but I think it's missing something. We've got Carol Baskin here. <laughs> and then just like you said, she comes down in that glitter tiger from the Beyonce Renaissance <laughs> tour. And it's just fun that I feel like you and I, you specifically brought Carol Baskin back. I wasn't ready to let her go. <laughs> you, like, I... I think that if you hadn't talked about her multiple times, I don't know if those were just on Patreon or not, but the times you've brought Carol Baskin back into the world, I feel like if you hadn't said that, Carol Baskin would not have been on House of Villains. Yeah, it's like the butterfly effect. I totally think that because I hadn't thought about Carol Baskin once. I mean, I love that remix that you always send me. The um, Carol Baskin killed her husband, whacked him. Yeah, like... Obviously, I love that song, but I had not thought about Carol Baskin for so long. So I thought that was interesting that she's in the villain household. Yeah. But that show looks horrible, and I don't think I will even watch it, even for the brief glimpses of Jax. Yeah. I don't want to reward dog shit reality TV programming from other networks. Yeah. I'll watch the clips on TikTok. Yeah. Um, Speaking of trash... um, (gasps) Speaking of trash? (laughs) Uh, Well, I don't know. Just kind of depressing, but... There's rumors on the streets that Mauricio is also doing Dancing with the Stars. But, okay, I have a question. Because I don't follow Dancing with the Stars, and I consider yeah. it garbage also. Yeah. And I know people love it, and I'm sorry, but I feel like that's garbage. Um, why do are some cast members shrouded in mystery, but Ariana has been uh, touted on the casts for a year? Right. Or six months. She's yeah. why, why do they celebrate and, and honor and shed light on 
her? Do they just want the publicity of that and then they keep all the other ones? Yeah, I don't know. Because usually at some point they announce all of them, which I don't think has happened yet. I think we would have heard about that. What will the world do when they unveil the like burlap sack off of Mauricio's <laughs> head and say Mauricio is a part of Dancing with the Stars? What do they expect? It's weird. I don't know. Maybe he's like deciding if he wants to do it or something. Like maybe he's like you doing good, some lessons. You sent me good evidence. It shows him <laughs> and he's covered completely by an umbrella because they're walking to they're walking to set and they're um did you see it? It was like a bunch yeah. of secure secret service. He's wearing one of those like insane visors that like comes all the way down your face. Yeah, and then he has these beaded bracelets that you can <laughs> see in one of the photos you sent me, and it's like they look very much like Mauricio's. Um, would he be like acknowledged enough? Is he enough of a, a? I mean, I know he's so a part of Beverly Hills, but yeah. do you think he's like his notoriety transcends? Yeah. Okay. I think so like, it's a good decision. He has obviously the legacy of Bravo as like the favorite house husband, and then he had that spinoff show that shockingly I never watched. I feel like in another life I would have a hundred percent watched it. Um, I feel it's like on Netflix. Yeah, but I feel like Netflix shows now just like you blink and they're never talked about again. Trash. Yeah. Trash. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Speaking of <laughs> full blown garbage. Trash, like, trash, trash. Um, and then plus like he has that like million dollar listing flair too. like he's not fully on that show, but he kind of is. Oh, he pops in. He like because some of the agents not anymore because um, they have basically honed it down to like three main baller um, agents. Yeah. But there used to be these two British guys that were kind of like bumbling fools. Yeah, I and remember And they that. worked at the agency. And so Mauricio would be on sometimes. Wow. But they were like always like fucking up. There they was were? Like, oh. Were they like sort of like bumbling British dudes? <laughs> kind of. Were they like like Three Stooges-esque uh, stuff? <laughs> yeah, they were like slipping on stuff. Like, or like... <laughs> They'd play pranks on each other when one walks in the house and a water bucket falls on the other one's he- yeah. head. Like that kind of stuff? All the time. Or like, <laughs> or they go to the house and there's a fruit basket on it and it'll be, they think it's real and they take a bite and it's fake fruit. Wax. Is that kind Do of Do you stuff? like Three Stooges? No. No, me it's, neither. It's, uh, it's too not, violent. It's too violent, <laughs> disturbingly so. Um, and they're I, nasty. They're sick. Larry... <laughs> Curly, Mo, oh. and then apparently I think there was one that replaced one when they died. Oh, I think it's some of the sickest stuff I've ever seen. Although I do like <laughs> that there's one episode of the Stooge Brothers where they try to get a piano up mm. the Silver Lake Descanso stairs. Oh, that's do you know cool. that, that those long stairs that are sort of by, um, you know, in, in Silver Lake it's called yeah. Descanso, and there's this long running beautiful stairs. Anyway, I had no idea, but in like the 1920s, they're yeah. still there from that day. And the Three Stooges try to get a piano up these stairs, but would you believe it? They have a lot of trouble. <laughs> Can you imagine sort of the, some of the Hilarity comedy that comes? Ensues. Yeah, I think that we that humor of all. I was actually talking about this with Jimmy uh, mm. at. That uh, sounds right. But that, that humor, <laughs> I think, has evolved so much. Like, there is no uh, humor that has just stayed consistent that we could still laugh at from yeah. 100 years ago. Because I think humor is just fully evolving. So Three Stooges, like, we are just so past that yeah. era, I think. The only example, I mean, obviously, this is an, a version of it taken to the extreme. But, I mean, this is not an original thought. But, like, Jackass is, like, the most pure 
form. Yeah. Obviously, it's like made more disgusting than anything you could have done 100 years ago. But it's just like true physical comedy. Yeah, I guess you're right. I you guess know? there is a antecedent. Or, yeah, that that's true. Yeah, and nothing makes like, me laugh more. Than Jackass? Oh, my God, I love it. Well, I never saw Jackass um, 4 or whatever it was. Jackass Forever. It's so good. It is? Yeah. Um, I worked with Hopefully Johnny Knoxville. Do you like him? I saw him at, uh, <laughs> I'm letting you off the hook. Thank you. <laughs> I saw him at, um, the day that I saw Barbenheimer, <gasps> he was at the theater. Was he falling down? <laughs> he like had his dick out and <gasps> there was like string tied to it. And then like steve was getting pulled on water skis. A firework that <laughs> they lit off and it spins his penis around. <laughs> so he yeah. was doing that outside of the AMC. Is that why the fire alarm <laughs> yeah, got pulled, you said? It was his fault. That's amazing. Um, well... In his defense, he's good looking, in my opinion. That's awesome. Very yeah, hot. he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was killing it on set. He was. Uh, everybody was happy and proud of him. Okay. So, yeah, <laughs> he's amazing. Um, okay, one to end this horrible, horrible, all garbage news that we've talked about with yeah. nothing fun, with no hope in sight. Yeah, I did want to mention briefly because it happened right after we we recorded uh, last week. But you saw at the Vanderpump Rules finale party, uh, Kyle Chan. Brought everybody to San Francisco. Yeah. Which was already jarring enough. Yeah. I, I can't believe Kyle Chan has weaseled his way in so hard. The, it's all Sandoval's fault. The people who played it the best, which we've already <laughs> mentioned, were Billy Lee and Kyle Chan. <laughs> yeah. The minute that, that Scandoval happened, they both started rubbing their hands <laughs> and they called him up and they go, hey, you didn't commit any egregious moral act to me, buddy. Do you need friends right now? And it worked completely. The fact that everyone had to go, Ariana had to go celebrate Kyle Chan's yeah. whiskey opening in another city. Like, yeah, everybody went. Everyone went. I mean, they have to go. They Do have they to all really bonus. like him that much? Like, what? I mean, no offense. What's to you, with Kyle, Kyle Chan? He's I and I hate I hate to talk shit about someone who is our a Patreon member <laughs> and a Villa Rosa VIP, but Kyle Chan, come on! I don't think it was right that you made everybody go to that party in San Francisco for your whiskey. It seemed jarring, just like every single thing out of context that I've seen from this season. I still want to give it, you know, the benefit of the doubt because who knows? But this seemed even more like of an outlier thing like just seeing them in san francisco was jarring i was like yeah. you guys i don't know if you guys belong in san francisco <laughs> right. seeing them go down lombardi street on that <laughs> yeah. you know on that that crooked street Zigzag. and then seeing them in alcatraz and <laughs> and then anyway so so it seemed like with no like raquel or sorry rachel levis her not being a part of this season i think that there's going to be there's gonna they're gonna have trouble with the resolution because I don't think Ariana as much as the producers want will will ever talk to Sandoval again. I think she's gonna stand firm in that. Yeah. So then it was kind of like it felt like well this party needs something. This guy is gonna go absolutely nuts <laughs> on the cast yeah. and like. Do you think he was a paid actor? Well, so one of the people who were there, one, like I don't think so because I would never cast aspersions on production like that. that they would fake something and and provide a plant to create drama because it's not going to make any sense that's right. not going to be a good finale if yeah just a random fan starts creating chaos it's gonna yeah. be horrible so i don't think they would do that but someone who went to the actual event said it seemed very fake uh-huh like that that it seemed like things weren't going productions oh, yeah, away wasn't it they... that um walking pad girl yes um there's this tiktok influencer that walks on a walking pad all day 
um, in San Francisco. That's so cool. And she was at the party. Yeah. She drinks Diet Coke on her walking pad. That's awesome. I mean, it's a good <laughs> excuse to just be exercising while also talking. Totally. I'd love to have one. Huh? I would love to have one. I have a walking pad. You do? Yeah. Huh. Megan bought one. Okay. It's awesome. Link me in the TikTok shop. Oh, I totally will. We <laughs> Should we... we put stuff on TikTok shop? Yeah. It seems to be the new thing. Let's put um, everything that you and I love in real life. Starbucks. <laughs> Our empty cups. Empty cups. What else would we sell? We don't talk Our about... Our used merch that we wear. Oh, that would be really nice. Like... Lightly worn Grigio girl hat <laughs> with our stench on it. I would like that. <laughs> pay even more. People well, pay well, even more. TikTok shop could be more like things that we talk about, right? It doesn't just oh, have right. to be things that we like generate. That, like scrubber. I always see people trying to sell this like cleaning scrubber, like an electric brush that oh. you clean the shower with. And for some reason, everyone on TikTok is trying to sell for commission this brush <laughs> maybe it's yielding like insane commission it must be um maybe we should get into our scammer era i'm i'm ready i mean we have to generate profit somehow um i went to urban outfitters last weekend to buy a disposable camera before beyonce um because i wanted like one of the fun cool ones um and <laughs> do you know what they sell at urban outfitters records <laughs> what else scrub mommies they sell scrub mommies? <laughs> Wait, which, what differentiates scrub mommy from scrub daddy? I think she's a little softer. Hmm. Hmm. Think Why? about that. She's softer, huh? Why? <laughs> she's so, a lady. Okay. So scrub daddy is really bristly. Rough. Rough. But they still give that. Do they still have beautiful smiles? Yeah. You put their, your finger in their eyeballs and the, your thumb in their mouth. Yeah, have I told you that I use scrub daddy? You like it? Uh, that abrasive texture really works for a lot of things. I use it for countertops and not on dishes. I yeah. use these beautiful Trader Joe's sponges that um, uh, that when you put water on them, they fully grow. Oh, that's They're cool. soft. They're kind of like Scrub Mommy texture. But Do they I use come scrub... in a four pack? They come in like a six pack. Okay. I think I've seen those. And I'm starting to be a little more <laughs> um, frivolous with when I start to throw away sponges. That's good. Because I... Some people, I don't want to talk shit about people that I know, but some people will keep a sponge for a month and you don't have to, right? The germs. Yeah. Well, have you heard of Eva Mendez's sponges? No. What, what's um, going on with them? You know, the actress, Eva Mendez, who's married to Ryan, Ryan Gosling. Uh, yeah. She has a line of sponges uh, that she's hawking online that when you should throw it away, the print on the back starts fading so that you know when to throw it away. Oh, I like that. Which I'm like, what happened to her career? Why well, does she have to sell sponges now? Well, yeah, what do you think's going on? I don't know. She was good in um, The Other Guys when she played oh, yeah. Will Ferrell's wife. Okay. And then... They're showing Bad Lieutenant at the New Bev this week, and I've never seen it, and she's in that. Oh, it's kind of good. Yeah. I think so. Some people Is really hate it. Werner? It's, it's Werner. Yeah. Our friend? Yeah, it's our friend. Oh my god, we <laughs> gotta get Werner Herzog on the pot. He loved the shout outs last week. Yeah. Um but well just to wrap up the 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 person throwing stuff yeah. at Tom Sandoval, throwing he threw three different things. He threw oh, yeah. a centerpiece from yeah. the table. Kyle Chan, you can see like he was like not the centerpiece. Then he threw a glass of wine. Then he started to almost throw a chair. Was it 
like definitely about Sandoval or did Sandoval just take it upon himself to try and stop him? So there's two theories. I think one is that security told him, please settle down, sir. You're causing a horrible scene. And he kept trying to go into a section that was barred off uh-huh. from the other cast members. And he kept, he was a total fan. Yeah. Like, he, he was like a, a fan that he was trying to give alcohol to them. He was trying to talk to them. Mm. Billy Lee, which, you know, I don't know how reputable she is, but she said that uh, he knew like everything about her. Like he knew uh-huh. secret facts about her. So he was like not a der- secret facts, not the secret facts <laughs> where but- she went to elementary school, who her first teacher was, what city she was born in. Yeah. Basically she said every bank security question <laughs> he knew the answer to. So uh, he was frightening to the cast. And I don't know if he might've been like thought that it was his place to like start to throw stuff at Sandoval because he thought like, this is like the morally right thing to do when you uh-huh. see this man in public or if he was mad at security, we don't really know, but I, I don't know how they're going to um, include this in the edit of the season and make it make sense. Cause it's going to be very odd if the finale of Vanderpump rules has to explain that a fan, you know, right. Cr- he wreaked havoc upon a party like it's just right like it's it has not no like it narrative can build it to has... like if it's violence between the cast and it can build to yeah um outbursts but if it's just random it's kind of just a distraction so i almost think that they'll probably they might have to remove it from the edit just right. because it won't make much sense yeah and it breaks the fourth wall yeah um did you see that thing of apparently again i don't know if this is true but it looked like um According, I think it might have been on Dumois also, but that the producers tried to set up a scene where yes. Ariana and Sandoval spoke, yes. and she got furious and yeah. like literally left yeah. like entirely. I think that to me it means that a, a narrative thread that they wanted to, um, or, or whatever, they, a narrative they wanted to create was that Ariana might eventually have to have a sit down with Tom Sandoval because they don't they don't have Rachel Levis there right. to complete that storyline. So I feel like they probably just got too pushy towards the end, even though Ariana has been so explicit about yeah. that she'll never talk to him again. And it makes me think that this finale party didn't have the resolution that Flop. they wanted. Do you think they should just pay Rachel like, I don't know, 50 grand for one lunch with someone i don't think that (laughs) i don't think that rachel would do it yeah i don't think that she would i think she would be all or nothing she's still um well i don't know now i now i feel like she won't be able to come back because it's just not going to make sense to be missing from an entire season and then you come back right i mean she possibly could i mean i for the benefit of the show they should take whatever rachel will give them yeah but it's yeah i don't know it's i was thinking about how Assuming that that Kyle Chan party was indeed the finale, I we kind of already talked about this, but I think my friend Jen brought this to my attention or, you know, this thought starter. That means that something about her didn't open in season 11, which I assume was the whole point. Yeah. So it's like, yet again, that target was missed with one of the uh, the children's restaurants yes and it's only more egregious because last season ended with them (laughs) saying it was going to be open really soon eating sandwiches over like just standing up over a tablecloth (laughs) in an empty empty... restaurant (laughs) right um i'm just like i don't know 
it's kind of whatever. I'm wondering if, because the thing is, there's not that much, um, it's more vindication against Katie who talked so much shit about them not being able to open Schwartz and Sandy's, Mm -hmm. which we all agreed it was like a shit show. But um, Ariana was like always supportive. Like she was never like, you guys are fucking idiots. Like, why can't you get this bar open? Oh, right. You know what I mean? So it's like on the Ariana side of things, I'm like, whatever. She was like, supportive and minding her business about it but katie was like i was raised in restaurants you guys don't know what the fuck you're doing yeah yeah exactly i mean i do i do think you know just devil's advocate against you know what you just said is that i do think well all so many things are unforeseen i guess so they should have known enough to know that probably some hindrance could happen but getting getting the the city to like all of a sudden change the walkability of a yeah. street and that you have to dismantle an existing patio. You would never think that you'd have to like right. remove a patio yeah. when the previous owner right. used you it. You thought you were like turnkey. But and as just, we discussed, Sandoval has a plant or is a plant in the city planning office. So we talked made about it that. near impossible. We talked about that on Patreon. Uh, <laughs> some of these um, hurdles that something about her encounter could have been because we know that tom sandoval works in the west hollywood city planning office and he could have shown up and (laughs) he was wearing the wig he wore when he dressed up as rachel for halloween and then he wore construction goggles and he came and he was like this can't be here it can't be like this and katie and ariana we found out never knew it was him yeah right until they saw the squirt can on the floor exactly right (laughs) so well um but yeah i mean I'm ready to eat a sandwich uh, sometime soon, but like now that they'll, (laughs) they won't delay it (laughs) uh, so that it has priority on next season, right? They'll probably still open it and just, it'll be in the interim. Right. But I'm like, also if Ariana's doing dancing with the stars, she's not going to have fucking time. Like depending how long she's on it for. Yeah. She's going to be busy as hell. I think that it just Vanderpump rules can't, can't, uh, rely on the businesses that um, the cast members are opening like they can on Lisa yeah. to be pivotal parts. They need to rely more on emotional like engagement parties and, you know, yeah, more related to the personal, you know, aspects of the cast, like what parties they want to throw versus relying on the arc of a business. Cause Schwartz and Sandy's couldn't meet that deadline. Now yeah. something about her, only Lisa could like perfectly orchestrate a pump opening like right when the season begins yeah. you know wait so now my memory is so jumbled but so shorts and sandy's has never been open on the show oh right right no no yeah right not like well they went like five times yeah but that but was it's never been like in operation because it opened in like december right no they had their friends and family they had all the cast come over and get a shot or drinks after yeah they had another like soft launch they talked about all of the hurdles they were trying to overcome to get it open but yeah i don't think it was officially ever open on the show so this will be the first season of that yeah which is crazy because it will have been open like a year yeah um okay do you think that if lisa was in charge of opening uh something about her that it would be open already (sighs) good question i i bet Lisa would have been more informed on whatever was happening on Robertson that like these, these upcoming bureaucratic changes, like maybe 
uh, Ariana and Katie and Penny, you know, missed some steps there when they were trying to like race to get this open. So I do think Lisa might have been more knowledgeable about the yeah. state of that area. Yeah. And yeah, so I, I do think she would have. Yeah, I bet Lisa's so involved in like the Chamber of Commerce yeah. and like the mayor's office and yeah. all of that because the um, all of that West Hollywood um, infrastructure, like that office, is like right there. Right. Um, and I bet Lisa just waltzes in and is like, what are the updates? Exactly right. So she knows. <laughs> and I think that they probably, I think Katie and Ariana and Penny wanted distance from Lisa as much as they could. And it might have been one of those instances where Lisa would have offered good advice if yeah, they asked. Totally. We should, I don't want to, but we should go to Tom Tom soon just to see what it looks like with the pump yeah. sign. Yeah. I think, I think we need to, I think we owe it to everyone to experience <laughs> that firsthand because I still don't 100% understand if pump branded, uh, what's that called? Breakfast or brunch is yeah. like, it's it's pump themed within TomTom Tom, <laughs> yeah. or if it's supposed to be an actual separate entity that you're right. like entering pump when you go to the garden of TomTom. Tom. It's very weird. Also, did we talk about um, during the Hurricane Hillary, um, the... Paris casino was like flooding. Oh yeah, you sent me that video. It was wild. The the like squares of of roof were starting to like painted like the sky were caving in. Yeah. And I'm like, is Vanderpump au Paris okay? I hope so. We need to check in on that. I mean, we're going to see it in November. And I think um I think some of the BravoCon events are at the Paris. Oh, they are. I think so. Oh, that, I mean, that makes sense. I think. Yeah. Cool. Um so we'll see for ourselves. Um, all right. Well, should we uh, take a quick break and move on to the housewives? Yeah, let's do it. We didn't have very much fun news to report. Just a bunch <laughs> of garbage reality TV programming. And then, well, I don't know. I mean, there was, there was fun stuff in there, right? The sponge update. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the sponge minute. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. How do you, take... do you ever use um, magic eraser? No, what is that? Oh my God, it's the best. The Mr. Clean Magic Eraser. Does it really withdraw oh. stains? Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? It's crazy. I've tried some of those Tide Pins before. Not and... Tide Pin. Okay, so Tide Pin doesn't well, work. Well, it's just, they're different. What about the OxyClean Pin? Well, the Magic Eraser is more for like um, like countertops and oh. like it basically like if there's grime, it'll cut right through. If there's like a stain, it it's basically apparently like has an abrasive quality to it that's akin to like sandpaper so there are certain surfaces that you have to like watch out because it might like damage the surface okay um but it really works oh my god that is awesome okay well, <laughs> i'll we, get you one <laughs> yeah uh, you will yeah that would be so sweet and it's mr clean branded yeah oh he's amazing yeah he's a zaddy he likes everything so clean <laughs> do you think he has a problem well i mean there's <laughs> he, he can't tolerate filth he's like howie mandel you, yeah, but people say that's just um, fake because Howie Mandel doesn't want to shake anybody's hand. Nah. He, you think it's real? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Remember, um, I saw something about he was outed on Howard Stern for his OCD, and it was actually kind of fucked up, but like... Um, oh, it wasn't public knowledge? Yeah. And like, it was something like he wouldn't leave the room because he wouldn't take, he wouldn't touch the door handle or something like that, and then they just like kept talking about it, like on air and he was like well 
guess everyone knows now. Whoa. But now it's kind of his thing. It is? Like, he, he's open about it. That's amazing to hear. There's, you know, he, his legacy was kind of destroyed by with that interview. <laughs> yeah. And then he went on Lala's podcast, and I didn't even listen to it. Because I was oh, yeah. like, I don't want you Why? to benefit at all from this. I don't know. Lala wanted to get some runoff from that Howie Mandel <laughs> shit. But we live in like a like a swamp of these podcasts. I know. <laughs> I'm kind of interested now and then we can sign off and take a little break, but I'm interested to see how the Vanderpump Rules acts because they've been on since March talking only about Scandaval and sort of like a preemptive season happened basically, you know, like they were they didn't have downtime really. Yeah. And then they had to go straight into filming. Like I'm kind of interested to see how they act when they're not going to have any spotlight for a while because it is going to die down it just naturally has to yeah so i wonder how if they're going to just fully all like take a break and just withdraw and relax and then Mm -hmm. let the spotlight leave them until season 11 or if any of them are going to try to keep the churning fire of scandal in the interim right (sighs) yeah i can't believe we've been yeah they're like running on fumes at this point yeah (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, let's speaking of running on fumes, let's go to the toilet together, <laughs> go to the bathroom and then come back and talk about what I thought were three good shows and then one absolute flop garbage show. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. And we're back. Hello. Um, okay, so Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, season four, episode one, fresh powder, fresh start. Yes. Fresh powder, which relates to that, you know, snow yes. vibe. And then fresh start relates to Heather's attempt to get everybody to have a fresh start on the cast. Yes. The cast put the some of the feuds to bed. In a post-Gen Shaw world. And I thought that was good. Like, um, a great party, a great idea for a party. Because I do think that these... Because, I, I, you know, I just watched it all recently, so it's pretty fresh in my mind. The Some of these feuds have lasted a little too long. Like, spe- specifically the Meredith... Uh, uh, Lisa feud like it does seem like it's time for some of these things to be put to bed and just start completely fresh in yeah. my opinion I think that was the right call for Heather to make yeah um this also uh opened with a date it said 
Bermuda, May 10th, 2023. And Heather's going insane on the phone. The crew is trying to decide whether to go in or not. The producer's like, just go in. And then uh, she kicks them out. She's saying, I don't know what she's saying. She's saying some shit about like, how could we have all been fooled or something like that? Yeah. I don't know. What do you think's going on? In May? Like in May, do you think there's a Jen Shaw update, or do you think it's about something totally different? Um, like her family, maybe. I mean, I guess I would assume Jen Shaw, possibly the Monica revelation. Monica, that's her name, right? Possibly that. I don't know. Um, I have to take Heather now, unfortunately, a little bit with a grain of salt after her black eye incident <laughs> stunt if i'm if i'm recalling correctly she never admitted to what actually happened right no she admitted that that she or she said that she doesn't remember right that she blacked out and then she woke up with a black eye but yeah. then while watching season three she says multiple times she knows exactly what happened and she knows exactly who did it mm-hmm. and they need to fess up or whatever and she strings this piece of drama out for like four episodes without revealing it, which is very annoying. Yeah. She treated it like like it was like a murder mystery party. Mm-hmm. It was really bad. Mm-hmm. And Whitney had the proper reaction where she was like, just tell us what's going on. All of them were just like, you're making it way worse by not explaining yeah, what happened. Like, it's weird. So that unfortunately bumped Heather down in my esteem a little bit. I still love her. But if this is going to be um, Heather-centric, I'm like skeptical of what it is. I feel like yeah. everybody wants the Lisa Barlow rant moment now. Uh-huh. Cause that got so much more like, um, I don't know. That was so like yeah. talked about right. when you it was can't like, can't manufacture a hot mic moment. It wasn't even a hot mic. Oh, I mean, it, she had her mic on. She knew she was, oh, right. you know what I mean? It was, she just like ran into a bathroom and started screaming, but she knew she was miked. Right. It was just like more of like a meltdown where yeah. she said horrible things about, Meredith um but anyway I I'm just I'm I'm skeptical of what Heather is bringing after the the black eye thing um but I maybe maybe it's about uh she did get a little thirsty like also on girls trip it just felt like she was becoming too aware of the game to be played yeah whereas I feel like she started out pure yeah a little too much hubris you think yeah um her bad Mormon energy yeah um, I liked how this this uh, started though with the that Bible, Bible verses. opening. It was very intense. Were those were those uh, Mormon? I also had that question. Like because Micah, I was like, because you know, I I I grew up. I was you know, I was raised religious or whatever. But I don't remember a book of Micah. But right. maybe. So, and then there was some there was some stuff in there where, where it was like, if you if thou dances with the devil, thou will be deceived. And I was like, I don't think that's in the Bible. I, right. Dancing with the devil. So yeah. that seemed like it was maybe. What's the Mormon book called? Um, oh my God! I just <laughs> learned so much about Mormon stuff from that um, that Big Bright Sky book, or what's that one? The the Andrew Garfield show uh, Under the Banner. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. I just, but I don't remember what it's called. It's the um, I should know this. It's also. not called the Book of Mormon. Oh, maybe it is. The Book of Mormon. <laughs> um, not to be confused with the musical. Right. Um, it's uh yeah the book of mormon okay yeah, yeah. so i think i think those were book of mormon quotes because it makes way more sense than just random bible uh verses uh, yeah. but i like that i was like what a strong opening 
like yeah it's weird that i i still get even though i've like was a big fan of the musical book of mormon originally and then i read under the banner of heaven and i'm like generally interested in it i'm still like confused like i still like don't understand the religion at all like i'm like I know that like Jesus is involved, but then like there's so much other lore that I'm like, it's like two different things combined. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. He, Joseph Smith, Joseph Smith, um, wanted to make America, the United States of America, a central part of the biblical story of Jesus. So he like changed it. Like too international. It was too international. (laughs) He wanted an American sprung religion, like homegrown religion. that's still related directly to the bible um but i think it's the second coming of jesus okay. uh happened uh, i'm not sure but he <laughs> he found it through those those seer stones he the he plates. read it the plates he read it and i'm not sure yeah i guess i don't know the actual theology of it and i'm not sure if even if i mean i guess mormons must be pretty well versed in the the like i don't know if they let them know much about the historical aspect of it and they more focus on like just the specific right. biblical like stuff this, that they yeah that they have. Um, but anyway, that was <laughs> that was fun. And I wanted to ask you, how are okay? So I know Heather and Whitney have left the church, right? Fully, like yeah. H- Heather obviously, and Whitney did last season. Yeah, are Lisa and Meredith still a part of the church, and they just don't talk about it? It's kind of confusing because like, I think Lisa is is still involved because we find out that her son is going to go on a two year mission. I don't yeah. think a son would would do that if your family was not practicing right. Mormons for a while, right? So is Lisa just and like, she's like all about Jesus and stuff. I'm like, is Meredith even actually Mormon? Yeah, no, I know. I'm I'm thinking I I'm think I could be totally wrong, and if I'm wrong, strike me dead. <laughs> um, but. But I think that Lisa and Mer- Meredith just downplay their uh-huh. Mormonism, but they actually are. But they just, like, never want to talk about it. Right. Whereas Heather and Whitney are so outspoken. But then remember on Roni, Aaron invites Brooks Marks for Shabbat. And it, like, almost, like, I'm like, are they, like, also Jewish? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm not sure. I'm not I've sure only, at all I've, Full disclosure, I've only watched any Salt Lake once. Yeah, no, me too. So it's the franchise i know the least whereas yeah. all the other cities i've probably watched like five times well we'll get well versed you know together but i just i i guess i mean i know specifically that lisa never talks about it like she doesn't talk about going right. to church really very often yeah. at all but then this seems like, like she sings that baby manger song at one point doesn't she she does doesn't she like sing like a oh yeah yeah with with um <laughs> in heather's like uh choir yeah uh last season yeah um yeah i feel like she comments on being religious but i guess that could mean something different than being like fully indoctrinated i don't know yeah did you notice that there was sort of a lack of whitney in this premiere episode it's true it didn't really show any home life scenes with her she wasn't even like there's gonna be trouble in paradise with with her husband they did they showed a preview of that yeah i don't think i saw it yeah did you notice (laughs) did you (laughs) We're getting to the end, but <laughs> but I thought it was so shocking that Meredith at the end of this episode brings up um, brings up the, <laughs> the paint, paint, the paint by number sex thing, and then I was like, 
show the clip. I know, they I didn't had, show it. I think it's like, they Band. know that that guy get, no, no, no. Well, first of all, they have the footage that they had sex immediately after. They were too horny and they had to <laughs> shut down filming, but they still caught glimpses of it. But I think it's because that guy got fired. What's mm-hmm. that guy's name? Justin? I think so. Justin got fired. So I, I think it's like salt in the Out wound. respect. To show it. So it's like, that's a rare image now. That's <laughs> Yeah. Like, we have to print it out. <laughs> Put it in our book. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. You want to recap it fully? Um, we could just go through any highlights. Um, I do think the I do think the Sundance aspect. It starts with Sundance. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that that was like the that was the um entry into this world a little bit. Yeah. like that it, that Sundance has really revitalized Salt Lake City culture, right. right? Yeah, Lisa calls herself the Sundance Queen. Yeah, which I'm kind of like, is she an event planner? I have no clue. Like, I don't know because that seemed to be what she was doing. Right. She was like, this chair over here, this couch over here. Right. But I'm like, does she have a business? Like, uh, like she has the tequila or yeah. Yeah. yeah the I, tequila. I don't know. Right? Yeah, yeah. She does. But I don't, I don't know about her Sundance event planning aspect. I just know about Vita tequila. Like she I, doesn't really talk about having a business of like event planning. So it's <laughs> kind of weird. I mean, we could have total Salt Lake City fans that are just like, well, yeah, she talks like, about it all the fucking time. Fucking idiot. Yeah. So give us, give us a little bit of of leeway here if we're not well versed we're learning with all of you and we'll watch it again and we're, we're going to become the biggest salt lake city experts <laughs> but i don't recall a lot of lisa's sundance what she's doing there right and what her impact is except that maybe in the first season they talk about that more right yeah she mostly just hawks her vita when lisa i was i want to ask you when lisa asks for a vita cocktail wherever she goes <laughs> they know specifically exactly what she wants because she doesn't give them any i know it's weird isn't vita just a tequila yeah so when she says a vita cocktail it's it's like how, first of all she knows that they're on the menu every single place they go right i want i was wondering about that like i'm um, like are they going specifically to restaurants where she has deals and then maybe on the menu, there's like, they like have like a little featured so, cocktail. So the only place she goes is she'll go to a partner. I mean, it's the Bethany Clause. Where she, that's like, how she gets to promote. She, yeah. Oh, and they and they want a piece of it too. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, that's a weird way to order. Or do you think she like orders and then like five minutes later they come back and they're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. What did you want in your cocktail? But I, I think that. Yeah. She was like, I need a Diet Coke. And then she was like, and a Vita cocktail. Right. And I'm going to get the uh, tuna nachos. I guess maybe it's just so prevalent in that area. And she does know the ones that host her cocktail. And so they always know what she wants around. Right. But she she's not specific at all with that order. No. And that's all she orders. No. Yeah. We should look at them. Look up where they went and look at the menu. Yeah. So we learned that Lisa, after she got done rearranging that furniture, she talks about how Jack, her 18-year-old son, is not going to go to college. And so I do remember, because I just watched it, Jack was very hesitant about college because he thinks that it's like for, not for losers, but he thinks that you can have a, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, like a Mark Zuckerberg, you can drop out and like you can focus on your company and use that time. So I feel like he was always hesitant about college, but now it's like he's, his religion is like revitalized right. and he wants to go on a two year. I wonder where they're going to send him. Do they, they have full uh, authority of where they send you? Uh, yeah. Well, at least in Book of Mormon, the right, musical, is... they just, they like get you know they just send you wherever they want so it's like you could go somewhere cool you could go somewhere rough yeah you just don't know and it seemed like lisa was really upset about this because 
also Jack said that I'm really different from you and dad. And I think Lisa interpreted that as Jack is like religious and he doesn't think that his parents are in good standing. He thinks that they belong in that outer layer of hell. The outer darkness. I think he thinks they're in the second layer, (laughs) not the one that, but, and that is, you know, yeah, I grew up in a religious household, so I I could, that is, I like all of the religion aspect of Salt Lake City because it, it, I don't think there's much, there's not a lot of like religion talk in other franchises, but this, this city just is so embedded with religion that it's like interesting to see these dynamics play out. Right. I kind of wish it was more. Like I think it's I think it's a lot. You think I, I think it's it's very it, like I mean it's it's Whitney's full storyline last season yeah. one of her big storylines. Heather obviously wrote a book fully about it. Yeah. We saw glimpses of Mary's church which isn't even a Mormon church. It's like a Baptist Dude, church. Dude, I feel like she's going to like go to jail next. She scares me. They she really because she didn't go to the reunion. First of all, uh, I want to talk about Mary a lot. Mary didn't go to the reunion and then yeah. And then was asked back. That's pretty powerful. But usually... no snowflake. She's not in the Oh, she's a, oh really? Oh, she's a friend of. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know I had that. to check. Oh, yeah. okay. So Monica and Angie got upgraded to full time yeah. immediately. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, maybe that's good for Mary. I actually prefer her being more friend of because she's so bad on cast trips. She doesn't want to do <laughs> yeah. anything they're doing. She, she like, like drags everyone down. I also don't think any of them are legitimate friends with Mary. No. Even Meredith. Yeah, when she was at that party, everyone was like, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, they're kind of like shocked by her. I think, yeah, but but I guess Mary did kind of get away from all of the like embezzling from the church. I mean, would you ever, I think we've talked about this before, but would you ever, ever be stoked if you went to a church and your pastor was rolling up in a Ferrari and yeah. was dressed to the nines and Gucci. And yeah, like, I would be like, look at her many blessings. Right. I'm going to follow like, her lead. Right, uh, you think so? <laughs> yeah, I, I just think that like, like... I'm going to be like her. Yeah, to me, like nothing <laughs> is more suspicious. Like how could you do that? You know that your You're congregants... You're a man of the cloth. Come on. Right. Like your congregants are putting money into the... What's... I forget what it's called. The the yeah. thing, your basket. Yeah. And, you're, and you look seemingly really wealthy do you think mary watches righteous gemstones <laughs> i think she really really likes it what do you what kind of programs do you think mary does like mm. yeah that's a good question no one asks her any questions <laughs> um so it's okay you're right it's, okay so she didn't go to the reunion and not even for a really good reason i i, yeah. I, I now that i watched uh season two i was like I mean, it was, there was kind of scrutiny, but not as, you know, not as horrible as Jen Shaw, obviously. Like she could have. She's truly just like an odd woman. Yeah. Like, I think there are funny, you know, quotables from her and stuff. And I guess it's funny the way that people respond to her and like are scared of her, but she's truly like weird. Yeah. Yeah. In a way that's like you, I fully could imagine that her congregants uh, treat her like a god. Like mm-hmm. all those allegations sounded true to me. Yeah. And obviously something is wrong with the amount of money she's receiving from her church if right. she's able to have a lifestyle like that. Right. Um, it's very strange. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll get to her little bit uh, soon. Um, there was a Heather update. She was um, shoveling snow in her boots um, she doesn't update that her book was a bestseller. She opened a second location of Beauty Lab and Laser. Um, she bought a new house. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. I was so, so excited. Like, okay, girl. 
Yeah, no, she's killing it. I do like her storyline of like trying to bounce back after her divorce. Like she's very honest about being scared about paving a new path for herself by herself. And like, I don't know, there's something like endearing about her. Oh, for sure. Despite any annoying things that come up. Yeah, no, I, I, I think she's great. I think she's honest. I think she usually has the right take on every situation. She's very funny. She's an organic friend you know, to Whitney. And I think she tries with Lisa and Meredith. Yeah. Know? Well, her and Meredith are good. Yeah. She came and visited her. Right. Uh, um, what do you think about the Heather and Whitney dynamic continuing this long? The, the simmering feud fracture. I like want it to be over. It's more fun to watch them together than apart. Yeah. So because I, you know, I just went through season three, I, I sort of felt like um, Whitney was, grasping at straws a little bit with mm-hmm. with how she was trying to generate this feud when they were fighting with, in lingerie yeah um <laughs> i know what heather did to insult whitney she she um definitely downplayed the the trauma that uh, yeah that whitney that brought up bad. but in heather's defense i do think she obviously cares about uh, yeah. whitney and cared about it was just she kind of had a um she just said something wrong. She said that, that Whitney tried to make this like Jen Shaw trip about herself. Uh-huh. It was just like ill-timed. But then I think Whitney made a mountain out of a molehill and then kept going with it. And then to the point where towards the end of the season, Heather's like, what are you trying to say? What? When do I not listen to you? What did I do wrong? And like Whitney can't spat it out. I, think, I feel like this is more one-sided. Like Whitney is creating, you know, a rift between her right. and Heather. And Heather is just sort of like is burned because Whitney did this to her. Whitney is like, you know, trying to, trying to sully the relationship in a way, which I don't think was, um, I don't think Heather really, besides the one ill-timed comment really perpetuated anything in their, yeah. their friendship like that. Did you feel like, um, since you just watched the last season, did you feel like it was implied that again, uh, slander, whatever I'm just saying, um, yeah. <laughs> That Whitney's abuse was perhaps at the hands of her father. Do you think that was the implication? Yeah. I, I Yes. Yeah. I think that, um, yes, I think it was, well, I, I wasn't sure if it was a father or if it was like a uncle figure uh-huh. or something. I wasn't. Cause, yeah. It was like once she met up with, was it her stepbrother? Yeah, I think That's so. when I felt like. Like they, they weren't saying who, but I'm like, you guys have someone in common. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, definitely. And I and I do think that if that was the one um piece of evidence that Whitney had against Heather to to be like you were not um you were not helpful during that time, mm-hmm. then I understand that. Yeah. Um but I do think Heather once she realized it like she did apologize, but it was almost like it was just never enough and not enough for Whitney. Yeah. Like she can't get over it. But I, I want them back together. Totally. Like they were fun together. Yeah. What did they call themselves later? Buzzin' Cousins or Buzz something? Buzzin' Cousins. Yeah, <laughs> I really like that. Um, okay, I also cannot deal with this bathtub drama. Yeah. I like, can we just skip this all together? This is dumbass. I wanted to ask you um, if you remember, which you might not, but when, when the Jin Shaw indictment goes down in season two, and everybody shows up, and Meredith had already been at the house. Yeah. And they all show up, and Meredith was in the bathtub. Yeah. Why was she? <laughs> it felt like she thought it was going to be a fun visual. Really? 
Yeah. So it was sort of... Like she was like, I don't even care about this. I'm going to take a bubble bath. Because she knew, she was expecting company. She -hmm. knew that company, when they would be arriving, she's with production. She knew that this had happened. It it just seemed like the worst timing to take a bath (laughs) unless you just wanted an iconic moment. Yeah. And then since then, bathtubs have become her thing. Yeah. Which I think is not fun. I don't like when someone has a trope. Right. And they're like bathtubs are my thing yeah you know what i mean well she even said about um whitney's comment she goes don't go after my bathtub yeah yeah i just didn't think i didn't i because the moment wasn't organic and i didn't understand at all why meredith was in the bathtub because i because she knew when everyone was coming so it's like it was pointed yeah that you did that that i don't think that should be your thing yeah i think you should do it once and make it iconic and then never talk about it again yeah you know what i mean um, I liked that, um, um, Heather was like, wait, I literally can't tell if you're kidding or not about being pissed about this. Yeah. I like like they too. were like laughing about it. And then she was like, oh, you're like actually mad. Yeah. Yeah. That was interesting. <laughs> she has to really gauge if like, this is something that Meredith cares about. Do you like Seth? Um, I don't really care. Okay. I don't have a firm opinion. I think he's kind of, um overly performative on camera okay and really trying to like go for it every time he has get a scene. in the mix yeah has he he wasn't on yet this one the he, new one um, was he no not yet yeah he's uh, yeah so he okay. did good so far i'll reassess um then they go to meredith mark's store mary cosby comes in um she says that she's basically cut everyone off except meredith and here she's going she's like yeah like robert's good robert jr's good Robert Jr. has a girlfriend, but everyone keeps saying it's his wife. And the producer goes, you don't know? And he's, <laughs> she's like, no. And she's like, why don't you ask him? And she's like, I haven't had a chance to ask him. They're like, you guys live in the same house. You don't know if your son got married? Yes. Isn't he like a teenager? Um, I forget how old he is. <laughs> but yeah, that's just another like interesting uh, glimpse into Mary's home she's life. Free. She also said Robert Sr. has been gone for six months in Vegas or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, her she would, life is insane. Yeah, and then she wants to get caught up to speed uh, from Meredith or whatever, and she's like, I'm in dinosaur mode. Like, she knows nothing <laughs> about what's been going on, I guess, over the last year. Yeah. But she did say that it's been great to have a break um, from these, you know, cast members. Yeah. Um, yeah, she uh, she said she believes in karma regarding Jen. Um, she's like, you're going to get what you deserve. And... Um, Meredith reveals she hasn't reached out to Jen. Yeah. I like that she kind of implied that there's no way to get in touch with someone yes. in prison. Yeah. Where I'm like, they're sitting there waiting for you to call them or write to right. them. Right. Like, like, we, <laughs> we were able to write Jen Shaw a letter. It was easy as hell. She read it. She loved it. Like, yeah, she, she was, was like, I, yeah, she's in jail. What do you want me to do? Well, Which I'm like, you don't have to reach out, but don't act like you can't reach out. So both Heather and Meredith have a lot of explaining to do to do in regards to Jen Shaw. They were both ride or die. I mean, they were the people that went to New York with Jen yeah. as her friends. And I feel like the whole cast sort of turned a blind eye to what she what she did. And they, they said they thought she's innocent and yeah. they hoped she was innocent. But I think all of them deep down knew that she was most likely guilty. Right. But she got away easier ride from her cast than erica jane did oh yeah like they were it was funny watching them basically at the same time those two yeah. things were happening at the same time and erica you know whether or not what level of guilt you think she has 
I'm just saying like the cat, it never stopped getting brought up. Right. Every single event. And it would have been such a, like, I'm not saying like they're strategic or whatever, but it would have been very, an entertaining route to take to be a staunch, um, Jen Shaw, what's that called? Like where, where you were the one saying that Jen Shaw most likely did this. I mean, Meredith sort of started out, but then by the end of the season, she was like Jen Shaw's number one fan. Like, I I just feel like no one took the route of being like, I totally think Jen Shaw did this. I think it's awful. Kind of did where she started to get into like the logistics of the law about it. Remember she like knew about, you know how all that stuff worked and she started to like ask questions in a way that no one else really did, she did but then they all get like deflated like by the reunion andy goes who of you thinks jen shaw is guilty and like none of them raise their hand right. like, not even whitney yeah it just would have been i wish that whoever had legitimate concerns would have been brave enough to be like i totally think she did it yeah i heard her say really weird stuff one time on the phone <laughs> that her relationship with this assistant like yeah. how does she have all their money whitney did she started yeah. but then she didn't want to go all the way with it. Right. And then now Heather and Meredith were like ride or die. And then now they're like, you know, we were betrayed or whatever. Right. You know, they were like, we had no yeah. idea. It's like, Heather, you you did know. You <laughs> yeah. just like, they were like blinded by their love of Jen. And right. Jen is so powerful. I know. It really seems like people are scared of her. Yeah. Remember when she took that Uber and then like tuck and rolled out of it yeah. and like got in another car? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Opened the car door while it was still running and rolled out of She it. did like a full Mission Impossible and like hopped into another moving car. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it is like if Jen Shaw does come back, like say in three years, if Bravo decides to employ her, you know, yeah. and she gets out on good behavior or whatever, there's going to be hell to pay oh, yeah. when Jen Shaw comes back. Yeah. That'll be interesting. Um, I'm curious to see how she'll be, if she'll be humbled um, the way that Teresa briefly was, but only for a very short amount of time. You you think that, um, do you think that Jen Shaw is a person, I haven't read up on this, but like, I know she pleaded guilty. And so Heather and um, Meredith take that as like, okay, she admitted guilt. Like no one would admit guilt if they right. didn't do it. But I feel like Jen Shaw, when she comes back, is going to create an ambivalence that she had to plead guilty right. for the penalty, you know. Sure. So... There is going to be some, what's that called? Like, she's going to come back with a full Downplay story it. about yeah. how, why she pled guilty. And, right. And, I'm sure. And she really tried to throw Stuart in the in the <laughs> muck with her. She tries yeah. to blame him like he's this rat. That, yeah. Like, and it, they had this, the one of the most beautiful relationships on the <laughs> show. Like, they were so sweet to each other. And then she yeah. fully burns him. Yeah. I know. That's why this stuff with Monica oh, right. is exciting. Because it sounds like she just blatantly asked monica to put certain accounts in her own name yeah so that's exciting yeah um i just quickly want to say that mary uh, cosby didn't like her salad because she said it was spicy yep she said it was spicy (laughs) spicy spicy and what goes in or whatever goes out the other way um and that's one of those things it wasn't even arugula it was spinach i don't know what the hell was going on and meredith (laughs) that's when meredith just sort of like smiles politely and is like that's mary like this is this person that i claim is my friend um but then yeah we get to a very good scene where lisa angie k and monica sit down and normally i would be if if it's two new cast members and and lisa i'd be like probably bored with the scene because i don't like them yet i don't know them but i actually thought monica just from this one scene, I was like, damn, this is 
great casting. Yeah. Like she was fun immediately. She had a good story. Like you said, she had ties to the cast. Like she already had talked to Lisa on the phone when Jen Shaw didn't want to talk to Lisa anymore. Right. So she would pick up the conversation for her. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was interesting that she's was Jen's assistant because as far as housewives go, um, not to be classist, but the glamour associated with being a housewife. It's interesting that very recently she was just another housewife's assistant. Oh, um, do you mean like that's a huge leap forward? Yeah. Just like she worked underneath another housewife. I think that's cool. I think, think, well, it's kind of like baller in that, like it's almost like upstairs, downstairs. Like she's revealing the secrets. Yeah. Right. But like, but but I just you know, mean usually there's a guise of wealth yeah. or well, <laughs> whatever. I, think, I mean, if that's a sticking point for why they're trying to bring people on and, and not letting non-wealthy people on, you need to burn, you know, right. burn that Well, like we were just rule. saying last week, it feels like that's less and less what the show is about. Yeah. Whereas that was kind of the whole thing at the beginning. Yeah. So it was good. I mean, she, she Monica was like, it was like she was already brave enough to talk shit about Lisa, but it didn't feel like when a new cast member just comes in and tries to have drama instantly. Mm-hmm. It was kind of it was kind of just like this is my legitimate viewpoint on this person. And then they give Lisa this like long talk edit, which I didn't I don't think I knew that Lisa was a you know, talks all the time or whatever. But right. then she's she's doing it right in front of Monica at the time talking about how she's into like maritime stuff. Right. Or whatever. <laughs> that was so funny yeah um she was even doing it to her husband earlier in the car she was talking his damn ear off yes and i was like he's a good husband he didn't talk at all like no he, he seems pretty silent yeah um so yeah she jen asked her to put stuff in her name she became a witness in the trial after she had called a friend in secret service who he told her like he was basically like get out of there like yeah so, she will be going to jail so that's the one piece of information where i'm like did you call a secret service person did you tell them about this and right. then it became part of an ongoing right. case or potentially you know she could have been like someone who got the ball rolling totally yeah um and then it sounds like she'll have some fun personal life stuff. Like yes. she had an entanglement while she was married. They got divorced, but then they got married again. And that now we're getting divorced again. And then in the preview clip, they bleep what she did. But she says, like, she says something about having had sex with a blank for 18 months. And I don't know what the fill in the blank is going to be. Who, who said blank? Um, Monica, they like bleep it. Oh, right. And I don't know. That was in like the original trailer too. Oh, right. And I'm like, I mean, could it be more shocking than Mary marrying her grandfather, yeah. step-grandfather? Step- yeah, right. Like probably not. But she also like the music starts to get tense at this scene. I was like, what is going know, on? It, it was, was normal. Weird. And and then it was, it was that Monica says that from Jen, she knows all these dark dark secrets about all the cast members that have yet to be revealed and so she's entire the entire time lisa's talking she's thinking about there must be like infidelity that she's alluding to right or an open relationship or something yeah and then also she says that jen shaw used to talk so much shit about heather which was like heather was her (laughs) best friend it was so good to jen yeah she was like but everything jen said was bullshit so right so she doesn't really know yeah figure out my own opinion right um Okay, so then we get to the Fresh Start party. Mary Cosby's there. Lisa brings Angie. Um, 
Lisa reads all of her texts from Mary from the past, and they're pretty funny. Amazing. Um, I only wrote down one, but it, one of them was, you'll kill people with your nasty tequila. You're a witch. <laughs> you're, And then it ends with, you're a horrible human being. And these Mary sends these to everyone. Like she, she has told all the cast members the worst things before. She just texts texts people like that regularly. <laughs> and then they cut to Mary. She's like, "I'm happy to be here with Lisa." Like she just like doesn't care. She's right. like, "Whatever." Yeah, no, not at all. Um, okay, and then, um, Mary and Heather talk about Jen a little bit. Heather says she feels like a weight has been lifted now that she doesn't have to, I don't know, be a henchman for Jen. I guess. Yeah. Um. Which we'll see if she can stand on her own. Sort of, though, throwing that relationship under the bus, in my opinion. Because yeah. pretending she, it didn't exist. You should have to reap what you sow a little bit. You were ride or die for Jen. She pled guilty. She did these horrific yeah. things. And now you're like, oh, no, secretly there was all this, you know, horribleness in our in our relationship. And I'm, I'm so glad it's over. It's like, no, I yeah. think you just chose the wrong side. Right. And you weren't brave enough to stand up to Jen. You probably were skeptical of her. <laughs> yeah, she was like, we weren't that close. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like not true at all. And then Mary, actually, I think this is when it happens. Yeah. Mary confronts Heather and she goes, that must have been a real shock to you when Jen went away because you guys were so close. And She's Heather's like, like, you had a real connection. And Heather's like, oh, no, you know, there was actually some underlying stuff. And Mary goes, no, 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 no. I, I know what you guys were. That must have been really shocking for yeah. you. I love that Mary could doesn't give Held a her shit. to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Meredith and Lisa talk about reconciling. It seems like maybe that'll be uh, I'm fine. Ready. I don't I'm, know. I'm ready for that. Meredith has um, held this grudge for too long. Yeah. I think I, after watching that rant, um, you know, I've seen it multiple times now. It just seemed like Lisa flew off the handle in a blackout rage incident and just said every single horrible thing she could think of about Meredith. And it's like, you apologize, you work on... I mean, Lisa's not doing the best job of, like, fully apologizing and, like, really pining for Meredith to, like, get that relationship back. But I just do think it's, like, probably time for them to reconcile. Yeah. Um, and then I thought it was funny that no one there had read Heather's book. <laughs> yeah, that is so mean. That is so... Wouldn't you want to read it? Like, wouldn't you be curious? Whitney not reading Heather's book. Yeah. I, that is almost like I think that Heather could write off Whitney forever. Yeah. It's your cousin. Yeah. This is a person you loved. And she's, like, obsessed with, like, taking down the Mormon church. Wouldn't you be interested? Yeah. It's 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 awful of Whitney, specifically. I don't mind that Lisa didn't read it. I don't mind that Meredith didn't read it. I mean, it's, it's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Like, it's really mean to not support her business yeah. when she goes to all of your shit. And you guys can't read an audio book. like, oh, well, now that you said something nice about me, she was like, I'm going to open Amazon on my phone and buy a copy i'm like you don't even have a copy awful and and, and, and whitney specifically i can't say it enough yeah. whitney not reading her cousin's book went like after everything you've you've you know your relationship you've had after all this time is it's so mean-spirited yeah um it's yeah, yeah it's, it's not supporting heather in any way yeah um then this is their buzzing cousins conversation this is when they start talking about special k which i forgot was a thing like right. in the the storyline um and then um meredith confronts uh whitney about the bathtub situation which i'm like literally who cares yeah that was i I would say that was the one weak spot in this episode it seemed like meredith just wanted a a moment and wanted to (laughs) she tried to call it a dig on her marriage yeah i was like okay and whitney was just clarifying it's just fun shade or whatever and then that's when meredith says well i could have definitely brought up the fact that you had (laughs) painterly sex with your husband you know on camera she's like there was probably like germs in your vagina i mean fair point yeah if whitney's poking fun at a creepy bathtub 
sure. mean, you have the wildest thing, sure. you know, on camera. I mean, it is, uh, there is a line to be drawn between the difference between taking a sexy bath and taking a, a bath to be, to clean yourself. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but then Whitney got in a dig about, she was like, I assume that Meredith's house is very clean because she only lives in rental properties. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, and then they show all four of the different rental properties. I was like, that's a burn a, a very good burn and it, it most likely means that meredith just comes to salt lake city for filming totally yeah which i think was the, i think like, every, the rumor. it's like the quiet secret right yeah like she just comes there for filming which um, fine whatever uh, angie k had sort of i i don't i didn't really like angie k last uh season I, yeah i'm like kind of surprised she became a full-time yeah. cast member i think she should have stayed she a reminds me of, of like kim g like yes, the, I know. The, I, those people. Yes, I, it's like a friend of that that got promoted. I think before they should have. Mm-hmm. I think she should have stuck around a little while in the friend of capacity. She has a, a ass kiss moment with Lisa where she says that she would read Heather's book, but it should be signed by Lisa. Oh, right. I was like, that was so that's awful to say to <laughs> yeah. Heather. Yeah, Heather's like, why are you even here? You're not invited. Right. Um, and then there's just a montage of them throwing snowballs at each other, screaming. I thought that was so fun. <laughs> Because I, I already liked the episode, and I thought it was, all, 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 like, really great. Like, I loved everything about it. It felt so fun to be back with these cast members. It felt like the, I love the fresh start idea. Like, I'm uh-huh. ready to just start from scratch and see what new relationships form. But it was just so funny to have all of their, like, pent-up aggression at each other come through the snowball <laughs> fight. And the way they edited it with a <laughs> drone music. shot. It was like... <laughs> and I lo- I love the music on Salt Lake City. I think it is so fun. And it was just like... It was like they really... That could have been such a, an embarrassing cringe moment on another franchise where they're like doing an activity that is so lame and it sucks. But for some reason, I know that there's a lot of pent up aggression with this cast and they do sort of, you know, they want to hit each other, you know, from their past. Yeah. And uh, their screams, the way they put the effects on their screams was was so fun. Heather said it's fully Lord of the Flies out here. And it does look like it's <laughs> Whitney starts to like starts to throw as hard as she can. Yeah. Like it's just, Which she says... Uh, they definitely haven't even read Lord of the Flies right, either. Right. Yeah, that was great. Um, how much it, do you think they paid for those snowballs? The um, service of those I'm snowballs not sure. getting put together? Pro- probably not very much. <laughs> I don't think it required very very much. And then did you see when Monica, um, to complete her trajectory as a great first episode uh, participant, she tackled Angie K to the ground <laughs> as hard as humanly possible and they started rolling yeah. around in the snow. That, that was, was insane. <laughs> yeah. um, they show that... Um, in like the preview of the season, Monica says that she was excommunicated. Whoa! Which that'll be interesting. Very interesting. Um, um, but yeah, this yeah. I mean, I was I was like stoked on this. Yeah. I was, I think, because we're we're you know we're in a little bit of a flop era with the right. other stuff that we're watching. So I'm like, like, give I, me something to talk about. But I do like all of these these cast members like it's so yeah. different from roni where i like don't want to watch one minute of any of those other cast members like i just i i am interested in what lisa's doing whitney heather um mary is good in small doses so i think that was a great decision yeah because she just she hates being around these people yeah. but i love when she can just like she says whatever's on her mind she'll confront people so she's great and then monica is an amazing uh addition because yeah. of what she knows about jen so it's like this yeah. is a this has a strong chance of being a great season. Yeah, I think the yeah strong showing from Monica at the start. So yeah, that's hopefully good. And then we still haven't even like gotten like her firm foundation is the Jen Shaw connection, but 
there's it sounds like there's gonna be all kinds of family drama on her end too and church drama yes and imagine when the cast finds out monica's um you know what was going on behind the scenes in totally. Jen's house as her assistant that'd be fun yeah um good um, do you cool. think there's any way that jen shaw could have been like a part of this season like i know she's in, in in prison and i know bravo probably doesn't want someone who did such an egregious felony like you know perpetuated fraud on vulnerable vulnerable <laughs> people but there are ways that jen shaw could have like like phone calls from prison or and stuff like yeah. do you think that they they thought about that at all Maybe someone will call her at some point and it'll be on camera. I mean, a visit to see Jin Shaw in prison, is that on the table? I don't think they could show that. On Atlanta, whenever um, oh, right. like a Phaedra would visit Apollo and stuff, oh. they would have to just wait in the car. You're right. So they could talk about all about the lead up and yeah. then go and then say what they said. Yeah. Have them call somebody and say yeah. what was said. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Um, maybe it varies prison to prison, but... Yeah. Okay, good. Well, yeah, Salt Lake City was fun. I'm very excited about this season. Do you want to talk about OC? Sure. Yes. So I know that you enjoyed this episode too. Um, It's called Big News, Bigger Secret. And I was excited at the opening that we got to see an old friend, Dr. Moon. That was fun. (laughs) Dr. Moon is so fun wait what was the big news and big secret i don't um i guess just heather's oh oh yes sale oh yeah i had to think about that for a second that's it yeah yeah so dr moon is having fun he is pressing on shannon's stomach (laughs) he's pressing on her head he's saying how much anger do you carry around with you um (laughs) she's going into business with him to do an at-home enema because the one that she used remember got stuck up her ass and uh, David had to fish it out with his bare hands. Right. Yes. <laughs> that, yeah. I am. I thought this was so fun that she's partnering with Dr. Moon. This whole scene was great. I was like, whoa, this should kind of we a f- buy the Dr. Moon. Yeah. Collab. I wanted enema. to do, I was going to ask if we could do it on an episode of turtle time. <laughs> okay. Would you want to, they said that, yeah, the plastic piece now is going to be easier to remove <laughs> from the anus, right? They just had to leave in uh, David saying, it's still under my fingernails. Right. It's like, Jesus right. Christ. Their marriage couldn't survive that. No. Do you think Dr. Moon is Shannon's primary physician? <laughs> Probably. Should we go to Dr. Moon? I would love to. Just see what he has to say. I just think he's good for general, like, health updates. Like, yeah. You probably get a good... You can poke around, let us know if our liver's in check, stuff yeah. like that. And I, liked, I didn't remember the Dr. Moon moment with Vicky where she's like... Where she's like, doctor, he's touching me, you know, or whatever. And and Shannon's like, yeah, he just has a touch on your back or whatever. No, she's like, no, his fingers are in my butthole. You saw that part? Vicky is so like, she just, anything that's like, she thinks everything is weird. Right. Like anything that is not like about Jesus Christ or like a regular doctor is like woo woo, like like outrageous to her. Yeah. Like anything that's like. A sound bath is like satan like satanic to her. You're right. Like Doctor Moon is like a quack. Yeah. Like everything. Yeah, is you're just right. She's like... probably playing up like her her comfort <laughs> level there. Um. Okay. Then. Um. Jen. They. Uh. Integrate. Uh. She's making cookies with her mom. Uh. Her mom is set to finally meet Ryan. Yes. Um. They're sort of a. They're crying about the divorce. Yeah, so um, Jen is hesitant to let Ryan meet family and the mom. Fair enough. (laughs) Yes, and the mom was very hesitant to meet 
Ryan after because she was she had a really good relationship with Will Jen's yeah. ex. So and also Jen is scared of what m- her mom's opinion will be of Ryan. So now she's finally in town or whatever, and they're sort of talking about that. Uh, it seems like the mom really loves Jen and has always been there for her, but this this thing has been traumatic for the family and she yeah. sort of kept her distance, but the mom seems really sweet mm-hmm. and they tee up that Ryan is going to meet her, but I don't think that happens in the scene. Yet. Yeah. Uh, have you been seeing all of the, you know, drama at burning man? Yeah. Um, a lot of the videos I've seen are from Dr. Deb Bronwyn's mom. Really? Who's a huge burner. She, she's updating people. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's really fun. I get, um, Bronwyn's mom and Lydia's mom confused. <laughs> okay. Are they sort of similar spirits? Um, in a way, but Bronwyn's mom seems a lot more cuckoo. Okay. Okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe, okay. I don't know. All right. She just seemed like, um, a worse mom. <laughs> Have you been watching, um, Bronwyn's mom's updates? I've seen a few. It was like the first one I saw about what was going on there with like the mud and everything, but I haven't, uh, I think people are starting to leave now or yeah. maybe... They can't leave. I have to. They were, they were like in. Wait, they were like waiting for like six hours, but I think everybody got out. Okay. Um, Bronwyn, I felt like had a lot more to give. Yeah. I didn't really. I mean, everyone hated her, which yeah, fine. She really like permeated gossip culture. Like she got reported on a lot in yeah. like mainstream gossip news. Yeah, and then I think I think Andy was asked about it, and he said that Bronwyn didn't seem like she was in a good. Um, mental health space oh, really? that she shouldn't continue on the show but right which she said she had like depression right that was part of her storyline oh yeah for sure her i mean whatever like pursue whatever you want but her husband seemed like a nice guy to me yeah totally yeah he did anyways um, um okay so now the hd party for the first lifestyle network on the fireside app so the first lifestyle network so heather not only gets a show on fireside she gets a full (laughs) network right full network and she says this is the first interactive streaming service in existence which if i remember correctly i I think netflix has definitely toyed with interactive shit before Mm. like they had the black mirror where you could like choose your own adventure and stuff i guess she means like the audience participation of it right where like you can hear the audience clapping and i cannot be bothered to ever and i looked at it the last time this shit was brought up and i didn't i forgot to look at it again today but it was absolute garbage when i looked at it (laughs) i'm I'm gonna look at it because i'm i'm so interested in this um it's just like Heather has a network of shows and the way she's talking about this, she's talking about like it's going to revolutionize the world. <laughs> so I actually liked Tamra poking holes in this thing. Like what the hell is this shit that you're talking about? Yeah. She's like, it's like TikTok live or Instagram live. There's, there's nothing revolutionary I know, That's what I was like. This. Just go on TikTok. Like yeah. just up your presence on TikTok. Like what? Yeah. It's, it's, it's very strange, but the party was kind of cool. Yeah. I liked it. Very nice. HD. HD. Uh, Jen and, uh, Tamra accidentally wear the same exact color. Yes, fully <laughs> accidental. Um, and then, I mean, can we get into the, the specifics of the party? Because there's not much else, right? It's yeah. like so. Emily says that, which another rumor that Heather spread off camera. Emily is now perpetuating another thing that Heather told her, but there's no evidence of this. Just like Heather supposedly talking shit about Shannon and John, which there's no evidence yeah. of at all. So another like. More shit on Heather that we haven't seen that I don't know if I fully believe. Yeah. Emily says, Heather 
said at BravoCon that yeah. Shannon was talking shit. Or, or I'm sorry, that Heather was... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Heather <laughs> said that Shannon was talking shit about Emily. Right. And that... Um, but then couldn't get into the details because it's locked in the vault. And then they show this random clip from BravoCon that had nothing to do with I was with really that. confused. It, it was just like... It was Tamara saying that she is someone who says fuck you all the time or whatever. The BravoCon clip was like not good at all. Yeah. Anyway, so then Emily uses this as a way, which I love Emily so much, but I don't think she need, needed to take a bite out of the Heather apple right now yeah. and just use this as fodder for a Heather beef. First of all, why isn't Shannon the recipient of this? I right. mean, Shannon's not there, but still, you should be mad at Shannon. Right. Like, not Heather. You're, she was mad at Heather because Heather couldn't tell her the details of it. Right. And we never saw this. Yeah. So anyway, Emily decides that in her way to get back at Heather, she's going to be the drunkest she's ever been <laughs> at her party. And she was drunk. <laughs> oh, yeah. She was drunk. She was letting loose um she they bring out the food underneath these like bell jars and she's like what the fuck is this and heather's like it's a cloche yes she's making fun of everything anything that could be made which this is caviar she's like and i don't know i don't know why roni can do this and i think it's the most egregious horrible thing in the world but when emily does it it's completely fine because i'm a hypocrite but emily making fun of everything was just ridiculous. It's just like she's yeah. making well, she fun was of out caviar. Of control. She's making fun of caviar. She's eating cucumber in a way that it looked like a fruit roll up. Yeah. She was like, Is there a dressing on this? She accuses the salad the salad of having sand in it, which is like the most <laughs> She's rid- like <laughs> most ridiculous. <laughs> then then it's like she's not nothing is enough for her. She wants Heather to she wants to start a fight with Heather. Yeah. She wants to start a fight. Heather is doing very good about not uh, engaging. Yeah. Uh, then then Emily takes it a step too far, uh, even more far. She goes um she goes, there, are there enough HD network things around here? I am surprised we're not branded on our forehead when we get in here. <laughs> yeah. And then Heather's just like ignoring even her. Even Tamara is like drink water and, and, and even gina's like please stop yeah. like everyone's like girl yeah uh did you just love and die for tamra's prop cucumber i loved it i <laughs> you did I, I thought you were gonna hate it i no i i i, I i'm glad you <laughs> talked about it i wanted to give tamra credit i'm okay i'm it's possible a producer said put this in your mouth it'll be really funny but I liked the first minute of seeing that. and then There's ta- a PA with like construction paper right. on the side, exactly. like cutting it out. I think Tamara says a bad joke, like it goes on too long and she like makes it unfunny. But just the imagery of her doing it, it, it was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I was proud of Tamara for that. Okay. Um, and then uh, afterwards, they, um, Terry and Heather celebrate. They say goodbye to their OC house and they dance on the yeah. balcony or whatever. It was kind of sweet. Yeah. I, I, I got what you talk about with um, Terry and Heather while I was watching that, where it's like, you're just watching a couple that loves each other and they did something huge and they're celebrating. And I did I did feel the spark of like, um, it gave off what they were trying to, yeah. to show. Which it is was that- performative, but... I also felt like they wanted to seal that moment. Like it felt like they were using the show as like their um, like memory bank. And they were like, they wanted to film that scene for themselves. Exactly right. That's what it felt like. It was like, we do want to, yeah, exactly. Like um, have this forever. And this, this epitomizes what we've been through this season or whatever. And it was nice. And then I think Heather posted the photo of them in the backyard. Yeah. And yeah, it was sweet. I, I was, I was proud of them. And also I just can't help feeling bad for Heather given 
the how awful everyone is treating her. Like we say every week. So yeah. Heather has really done nothing this season. And no wonder she doesn't want to talk about her life with you guys. You're right. awful to her. I know. Like the stuff that happens in Mexico, um, it really just gives like when Emily's so pissed, it it's just giving Emily doesn't like her. You know yes. what I mean? Like it's like there's no real reason. She just like pisses her off. Yeah. I mean they all they like even Gina who like I guess they were supposed to be like friends at the start of the season and there was like a like Gina wasn't talking to Heather anymore I don't think any of them like Heather just naturally yeah. I, I there it's either jealousy which even Shannon admits that she's jealous of like that house sale or whatever like yeah but they just I don't think they like to be around Heather at all and then when they're and then it's sad when they get to Mexico which is the quickest we already said it this episode but it's the quickest three minutes of going to a trip in Bravo history. They go, let's go to Mexico for a tequila shot. They, they do one second of them packing the bag, the plane trip. They don't do anything on the plane. And then they're just like in Mexico. And then it's sad. They're on the, they're on the bus. They're taking a tequila shot and they all, they all start to choose what rooms are going to be in because there's three rooms, so they all have to, so two of them have to be together. And Heather just gets left out like the yeah, that was sad. That's so sad. She's she like, kn- "Can I join you guys?" Yeah, it's like just no one is treating Heather well at all. Yeah, um, yeah. So Tamra, like at dinner, the sale of the house isn't coming up, so Tamra's just like, "All right, like tell us everything. What's going on?" Which this was a good instance of Tamra moving the plot along yeah she could have done this and it would have seen seemed inauthentic and awful but for this it was just too big and and i'm glad she brought it up yeah like it was right i mean yeah it was the elephant in the room all any of them should have taken the chance to do it i don't know why they hesitated or and or heather should have been like okay like you guys probably heard like it's all over the yeah it's in every outlet um but first she goes for the nda excuse which in a normal world would be enough. Yes. Like you're like, it was a business deal. It literally just closed. We weren't allowed to say anything until it closed. Right. Um, but they were all like offended that she wouldn't break their NDA for her. Right. For, which, for them. Which of course they were offended. I mean, they've been, they've been offended for things that Heather haven't, hasn't done this entire season. So right. now that they finally have something, they're latching onto it. Like, you know, the wildfire, right. they want which, it so bad. You're then immediately like, yeah, why would she want to fuck with you bitches right. and, like, and then, tell and you she anything? she even says, you're accusing me of staging paparazzi photos. You're t- t- saying that I've been talking all this shit about Shannon and John's relationship. And it's like, why yeah. am I going to involve you in my life? We're not friends. Yeah, like, it was like she couldn't win. Like, Emily was like, I don't know why you care that they accused you of, like, staging paparazzi photos. And I'm like, Heather didn't really react that strongly about it. She was like, she was like, you know, she was like, I don't want people to think that but she wasn't that hot and bothered no, about it she was more just disappointed in Tamara. it's like she just can't but rely it was on... like not that big no. of an issue no. so it was weird that emily brought it up like why do you care it's like we were done with that that was not a big deal yeah and they're just going back and forth and heather gets pissed she goes you're a dick emily yeah it's <laughs> it was um it, and it was um uh, I, I thought that it was um, good of Heather to push back on Emily. I mean, Emily was awful with really no excuse. Right. And like Heather, all she said was like, you haven't been very nice to me. And Emily was like pissed that she said that. And it's like, do you think you've been nice to yeah, her? Yeah. Um, and then Gina says, so when, when Emily justifies why she's mad at Heather, she says, cause you told me something about Shannon talking shit at me at BravoCon and then you wouldn't, 
let me know. Gina goes, yeah, I heard that story, and I remember it, but I'm pretty sure uh, Heather was talking about Tamara uh-huh. talking shit and not Shannon, right? Right. So was it, So Emily didn't even get the story right of like why <laughs> she is mad at right. Heather. No, it was dumb. And yeah. then I love my favorite thing. They cut to one of the employees of the hotel who in Spanish says, this soap opera is good. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> it was giving Vanderpump Rules kitchen. Um. And then, okay, this was a flop on Heather's part. Um, she tried to accuse Emily of um, body shaming for t- ca- calling her wetsuit a whale trainer outfit. Right. And I was like, that that's not about your body. That's about your fashion. Yeah. And it's one of the funniest things that has been spoken on the season <laughs> of OC. So, like, Emily was she had trying right. to, like, accuse her of, like, associating her with a whale? Yeah. Like I, it made no fucking sense. Yeah, I have no clue. I mean, Heather is should is just more justified in saying you all are awful to me and like what is going on? Like she really should just sit them all down and say what is happening here? Like right. I have not done any I mean, it's a coup. It is. It's a total coup. It's it's a um death by a thousand knives. They're all coming at her. They all want mutiny. Heather. Yeah, a mutiny. Um Tamara um, Tamara actually this I think I like this episode because Tamara was sort of in the background i mean she had the fruit roll-up gag which right. is good she she uh properly started the drama at the table by bringing up the sale like yeah. it was it was good usage of tamra and not horrendous usage of tamra like last week right um and then they're going back and forth heather's doing the like karate chop hands to yeah. enunciate her sentence and then emily's like just because you do your hands like this doesn't make it true right and um andy opened the watch what happens live directly after this episode doing the oh, did? hand motion yeah oh, oh that's really that's really fun <laughs> i do think in emily's defense if you did want to critique heather for something i do think that friendship box thing that she talks about that heather asks questions and then just doesn't ever listen to the follow-up and doesn't care yeah and brings stories back to herself we saw that earlier this season heather does do that i'm fine if that's emily's beef but she's yeah she's grasping at straws for other things to tear down heather that are not justified totally um well i'm excited for a little trace amigas action next week yeah this we need it yeah this was this was fun i i, yeah. I really like this episode i thought emily being drunk and doing a lot of stuff was like Definitely over-exaggerated, but still just, like, silly enough. And yeah. I like that Heather had legitimate beef now to go after Emily. Yeah. And um, I love that they just, like, appeared in Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they've been to Mexico, like, a hundred times on that <laughs> yeah. show. Like, yeah. literally, like, it's, like, every season. Yeah. Like, they always go there. Good. So, um, OC was fun. Yeah. It's been an uneven season and some horrible episodes, but I thought this was good. And I almost think on the strength of this, they almost could be justified in keeping this same cast mm-hmm. i mean because they're they're only like these grudges i don't know if heather's gonna stay right i don't know if heather will withstand another season where they're just like all against her and yeah. they treat her like shit right but i don't know it's 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 a good group yeah I, I have fun with all of them totally yeah um i agree okay um okay should we cruise over to atlanta let's cruise over to atlanta and cruise through atlanta and roni unless okay. you want to talk well i don't know i mean however you feel if it if <laughs> yeah it... let's just do you know our highlights um from atlanta i thought it was pretty entertaining um it opens with a gag of andy doing a sound bath to prepare yes Andy, this reunion, I felt was very, very silly. Yeah. He was having a lot of silly stuff. Yeah. He was, was calling everyone out. Um, it was teal gowns. Um, he asked everyone to give him a uh, 
I am loving awareness, uh, which is a callback to the health charade trip. Um, He says to Candy, I'm glad you weren't too booked and busy to be here, which was fun. Everybody laughs. Um, He comments on Sheree's nose job. He gets Marlo to admit she's on Ozempic. Which, good on Marlo. I know, I loved it. I think she's the first one besides... um, Dolores. uh, Dolores was very open about it. Yeah, Um, he goes... He was like, you look different. Like, you've lost some weight. And she, he's like, how did you do it? Well, he did it very delicately. Like, yeah. with Sheree, he goes, you look refreshed. Yeah, and that's, that's his, always like, what he says. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Marlo's like, I did it the same way everyone else did. The shots. Yeah. I mean, I, if we needed any more validation of our theory that every single person who is losing weight in the Real Housewives universe is on Ozempic, this is just more like... Like, just be fucking honest. God. I thought no... I mean, I'm not a person who ever think any differently of someone but what is the shame about this i i didn't think one second about marlo um losing weight on ozempic when she admitted it it's just not even... yeah who cares um i understand there was a brief area of oh, time when shortage they, yeah they were saying there was a shortage so people that are actually diabetic couldn't get their hands on it but now there's so many iterations of it that i to my knowledge there's not a problem right. um so anyways yeah, i mean okay that makes sense it's justifiable if it was a shortage thing but yeah i give marlo a lot of credit for just being honest yeah she looks good yep. um and then uh, drew reveals she's still living in the same house as ralph yes and sonya says she's due on christmas i'm so glad that there was a happy ending here for sonya because it was bleak after the finale last week like so sad yeah like, like couldn't have happened to like someone sweeter and more positive and then She's already on track for a Christmas baby. Like, I thought that was so sweet. Yeah, it was I'm really so sweet. Happy. Yeah, I'm so proud of her. Um, then uh, Sheree is kind of up first. Uh, she says that Bob, uh, whenever he comes to her house, he never wants to leave. And he just, like, hangs out forever. Yeah. I'm like, why don't you kick him out? That's weird. Um, and then they call back a moment when Candy said that Sheree looked like Drew in a certain photo. And Sheree goes... She's like, that's like the worst picture I've ever taken. So it's kind of offensive to Drew. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really know what they meant. I mean, I, I, I no. don't think Sheree looked like Drew. No, it was weird. But I love that she was like, well, I look like shit in that picture. Right. So yeah, is that, that was, what you mean? <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Um, Andy's like, Kenya, please tell me your divorce is final. And she's like, I literally cannot. Because now... Her ex is using Marlo banging on the door on that trip against her in her, their like custody battle. And she served Marlo a subpoena, which when Andy read it, he goes, this is blank. <laughs> Kenya, like flop, total flop, prop like, flop, t- total prop flop. And Kenya's like, okay, sorry. They must've printed out the wrong thing, but there is an actual <laughs> subpoena. Like, oh man, you went out with that blank subpoena. So dumb. Yeah. And then she's like, just so you know, she's like, you do need to appear for the summons. She's like, you could go to jail if you don't. Right. And Marlo's like, are you going to send me canteen? Like give her uh, you know, whatever that's called the commissary when oh, you oh, oh. get uh, oh, right, right, right. cash to buy like cup of noodle or whatever. Yeah. I thought that was funny. Yeah. I like that too. I do think that Marlo is a little too um, subdued this reunion. Yeah. She, I think she wants to be perceived as, um, you know, a, a positive person and doing beautiful things and, 
but you know, I don't know what the right word for that is, but she wants to be perceived in one way. And, you know, she's capable of reading people, you know, to filth. She's capable of slamming doors down. Like <laughs> I just, I, I'm not sure why she doesn't want to just embrace villainy in a way. Right. Like why, like she's good at it. She's yeah. so funny. She, she gets under the cast skin. Kenya, I, I don't think Kenya's ever hated anyone more than Marlo <laughs> ever in her life. Yeah. And normally that would be good. Because Marlo would be giving it back, and they would have this horrible feud. Yeah. But Marlo is just like letting all insults um, at her roll off because I think she wants to be. I, I think she wants to just be perceived differently than what she could really give if she wanted to. Yeah. And it makes her just it it, it like she loses a lot of her power by not like going in. Right. Yeah. She's kind of like flip flops. Yeah. Do you think so? Like I feel like she wanted to rebrand herself halfway through the season. And this is more of like the I'm I'm you know, I help people and I'm on a a mental health journey. And and I don't know. It's just not. Yeah. It It feels like whenever she goes off on someone, it's because she lost control, not because she's necessarily doing it intentionally or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's possible. I just, um, I, I just felt like a, I felt a real absence of Marlo's spirit at the reunion. And she was kind of just letting Kenya like say horrible stuff about her. Yeah. Yeah. She did kind of take a backseat. Yeah. Um, I forget what um, made them talk about this, but Andy says that Sheree has a very interesting relationship with Bills, which yeah. was shady. Oh, yeah. Totally. Um, like Candy was like, oh, my God, when yeah. he said that. Um, and then uh, oh, Sheree had like a her and uh, Candy were going back and forth. Like she printed out a comment from Instagram. She was saying that Candy's restaurants have greasy floors. Yes. So Sheree came to play in regards to Candy, which I wasn't 100% sure because we didn't see this energy this right. season. Like I was so like, I was oh, like, you guys are like bully feuding? Candy calls her a low-down, dirty-ass bitch. Oh, yeah. It's like they couldn't <gasps> be worse right now. I mean, yeah, it, w- it was awful. And so Sheree made one comment about that guy, Johnny, who tried to sue Candy because he said that he created the idea for Old Lady Gang. Oh, right. And then that just sets it off. It's like Sheree and Candy are fully fighting. Then that's when Sheree brings out She News, which is right. just eight pages of slander. I mean, not slander, yeah. but, you know, just horrible, horrible reviews about Candy's restaurant. And, right. And the health code violations, the bad reviews. Yeah. It was so, like, down and dirty, like, right before the She News part. They were just going back and forth about each other's surgeries yes and then sheree's like uh you need to focus on your business and candy's like i do and she's like well obviously not you guys keep having shootings and i was like oh my god like you guys and like the unbridled joy on andy's face when he saw she news he was like a kid at Christmas, he was so excited. He, he was stunned by it. He was like, this is going to BravoCon. He was like, I'm definitely keeping my copy. He loved it. He goes, I'm going to be on the mailing list for this. I want every issue. He loved it. He kept it. bringing it up throughout. He was like, this will be in the next issue of She News. Um, he thought it was like so camp. He really gave, though, I mean, like the prop... The pro- the amount of props in future reunions now is gonna go is gonna skyrocket for the next five years because of his joy over she news totally, um, and Kenya's like, why didn't you put me on the cover? And Sheree's like, I couldn't find a good picture. Yeah, but then she walked <laughs> but it then back. She was like, said, no, I mean, because there's so many good pictures. I was like, what? And how would Kenya have been? On, why would Kenya have been in the front cover <laughs> when it's all about you know disparaging uh, Candy's yeah. restaurants? And it's literally all just about how. OLG and tags are like utter trash. Yes. Um, 
And then uh, Sheree brings out a bag with um, She by Sheree stuff in it that has a clapper, like a, is that what it's called? Yeah. Like um, a... Um, a slate. A slate that says, and scene. I didn't, I, I didn't really get that because like, that was kind of a fun candy moment. Was, right. Why was Shrey trying to highlight like a good candy moment in the bag? It was but, weird. And then Candy was like, who's been helping you with your reads this year? Like, I, I love who that. did you pay? I mean, that's begrudging respect. Yeah. You know? Like, she came <laughs> with a bag to give to Drew. Is she, that like um, an open secret that they all have? ghostwriters <laughs> well i i think we read in not all diamonds and rosé no or, or maybe the other one brian yeah. what was his name moylan moylan he says that producers often give lines like takes okay for them to say sometimes and like nini and lisa obviously need no help like right. they come up with 10 times better lines than anyone else but i do think there's help in confessionals and i i wouldn't put it past sheree for like to outsource Things you should totally. say at the reunion, what you should do. I mean, right. she obviously had help with this. Yeah, it was like how I would um, love to be a, a helper for reunion yeah. reads or how to portray punch things. up punch up jokes. <laughs> I would love to do that. Yeah. That would be so. It's fun. like how Brad Pitt's Oscar speech was like definitely outsourced. Oh, it was to like it just was giving like late night. Like oh, it was like oh, very like jokes. well. Oh, I'm sure orchestrated. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, also, I just want to say, so Andy banged a gong at one point when no one would pay attention to him. Yeah. And I was like, maybe they should always have a gong. Yeah, it's kind of fun. For when shit gets out of control. I think it doesn't have to be a gong, but it should be one <laughs> An thing. An air horn. So that Andy doesn't have to get to that place he was in New Jersey where he, like, had a <laughs> fit God. and screamed. That was insane. He was so pissed. Shut up! <laughs> the most pissed I've ever seen him. And it, it, feel, it feels like almost this is a response to that. Like, I know he, I think he loves being in this environment, you know, and he, yeah. and he loves, you know, the cast members on Atlanta. But also I feel like he's doing a little bit of a, I'm a, I don't know, maybe he's just in a better mood, but he yeah. was definitely just silly, playful, yeah. fun. He really got into it. Yeah, he was happy. Yeah. Um, Drew talks about the movie. She kind of flip flops. She says that she thought the Candy and Todd movie was top tier. But then she previously said she would never do a movie like that again. Yeah. But then she was talking about like her SAG rate and how her, usually she would make more. Yeah, her agent passed on the project. Right. Like, you know, which is pretty wild. And it was most likely non-union. Right. Um, but if she's in SAG, you can't work on a non-union project. Right. You'll or get, get like penalized. Yeah. Like so, majorly. So I, ass- I don't know what happened, but I-, I assume they had to pay her the SAG minimum. And then they were all saying 10000 which right. SAG, the SAG day rate is like 1000 bucks for a principal actor. So if she were 10 days, $10,000 is probably what she got. Right. Which is low. I mean, right. so Candy low for a movie. Candy denied that. but Candy, the- Candy was, um, she wasn't so uh, wholehearted in her. Right. In her um, she was like, in- we paid her more than that. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I- she almost was like, I think we paid her more than that. Right. Um, uh, I, I thought that I I thought Drew, it's it's kind of awful of Drew to um, bring this like talk about the quality of the past. I think it was right, uh, pretty offensive. And Candy's been so good to Drew and really likes yeah. her and supports her. So yeah, uh, I was bummed out. And it feels like Candy now um, is. I mean, she said the most <laughs> egregious thing in the world. She says yeah. that 
Um, now with the amount of time, well, so they're all united in saying that Drew is a liar, right. which we, we've known Drew yeah. to be a liar too. She definitely tries to look better in every situation, but the everyone's fact- like, she's like, where's the lie? And everyone's like, well, like literally every single person's like, well, you lied on me. You lied about this. You lied so about it, that. if all of them are unanimous, even Kenya and Candy that Drew lies, she's a liar. Yeah. I mean, you can't like, you, I can't believe Drew, if they all think this about her, it like, it was a... Drew's a liar. Drew's a liar. Yeah, and um, yeah, I forget. I forget what I was saying. But then, well, yeah, Candy goes. Uh, she's like, "You've been saying this whole time that Ralph was gaslighting yes. you, but now I believe that you were gaslighting him." Right. Which is like fucked up. Totally fucked up. A huge accusation. Yeah. And then Drew is sort of uh, stunned that Candy brought it to that level. I think she thought. Maybe this was in the level of fun shade or that Candy and her were ultimately good. Yeah. But then Candy or Drew checks in like pause production. Candy, I want to make sure that you and I are good. And Andy goes, you're not good. She just accused you of of possibly gaslighting Ralph. Yeah. As opposed to the other way around. So Drew got, you know, I was kind of brutal. It was like, I think. I I know. I'm like, what planet are you on? What do you think is happening? I mean, do you, yeah. Do you think you can insult a production of of Candies and talk (laughs) about low pay and that she would like forgive you immediately? Business is number one. Right. Um, yeah. So, um, are we at the Courtney, um, yes. Courtney coming out? Oh my gosh, Courtney provided. So immediately I loved this. This was a, a kind of a funny, uh, prop, even though Drew, uh, flopped, flopped completely. Another prop it, flop. <laughs> it was another prop flop, but Courtney comes out and Drew goes immediately, like within <laughs> one second, she goes, Hey, since you're coming out, out really strong here i got something for you she goes since you want a peach so bad and she gives her a plum and it, that's it so... should have been like a lemon right i mean but a plum for some reason i never think about plums <laughs> and a, the plum to a peach is a very good parallel because it is like a shitty peach or whatever you know i just thought a plum was very funny and random yeah. i almost think like whoever helped sheree with hers like they helped drew with that but then it just lands on marlo's dress she gets and Mar- so mad marlo's legitimately mad she goes don't throw anything from your side over here and get on my dress yeah like she was pissed yeah she was like triggered and then um and then courtney immediately the cousin the cousin through line gets parsed by yeah. andy and and he goes so this is a very tenuous relationship you did you write down what it was it was like it was <laughs> it was i don't even know ralph's dad <laughs> I actually get, I, I oh could, it was like ralph yeah it was like dad was married to someone who is yeah it was like someone's parent was married to the sister of like i don't know yeah i i forget too it was so tenuous that it's hard to even um you know recite but then drew says it's giving fake cousin i think (laughs) i just for some reason cousin in the ether is just so funny the fact that courtney and ralph like lied about this connection right courtney's already so strange right and then courtney like So then all of a sudden, they're talking about this cousin relationship. And Courtney is like, yeah, so it's actually interesting how we found out we were cousins. Like, we were, like, sleeping in the same house. We kind of slept overnight in the same house. And everyone's ears are perking up because everyone is assuming that Ralph and Courtney had sex. (laughs) Everyone is thinking that Ralph and Courtney had sex at some point. The way she's talking about it is really really strange. She's like, everyone is thinking, like, where is she going with this? You can watch Drew being like, what are you saying? She She goes, 
we we so it's interesting how we became how we found out we were cousins. We slept over in the house for the same night. And everybody's like, "What?" And she goes, "And then yeah, we started talking about it. And then after that, we became fast and furious cousins." Yeah. Everyone's like, "Not fast and furious cousins." Candy goes, "Oh Lord, fast and furious!" Like everyone is so shocked at the the like, term the that she said. <laughs> Because what everyone is not saying is that they think that Ralph and and Courtney, because Ralph is a cheater, right? That they might have had sex and then found out they were cousins. That's like the elephant in the room. Sick. And then Andy says, <laughs> Andy goes after he says Fast and Furious, he goes, "There is blood there." Like he wants to make sure that they also didn't have yeah. sex, which I think was yeah. I don't know, it was just so funny. Yeah. Like I think Courtney really like stepped in it with that one. Totally. Like she had a, she had what she wanted to say, and then everything just kind of flopped. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, she's a, a live wire. She really is. I don't think though, as much as I enjoyed the the cousin stuff, I just don't think she should be back. No. She flopped way harder than she brought entertainment. Yeah. Um, there's a quick rundown of um the like Kenya Marlo uh DMs. Yeah, thing, I, I, all, all like that whatever. All that stuff is like too boring. It was to like logistics into. about what happens when you comment on a live yeah. Instagram. I was and, like, okay. And then the bitch video, which I never liked, Bitchgate. Yeah, where it was like, did she say bitch or whatever? Yeah. That was it's 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 like it's like trying to parse Courtney's cousinhood with, with right. uh, Ralph. It's like I don't understand it. I don't get what Drew was talking about it. But then they start to get into uh, Courtney, her off camera. Oh, right. Remarks, you know, yeah. like toward, towards the end. Yeah. Where Drew n- knows what she has wanted to say to Courtney this entire time. It's like she she has so much wrath for right. Courtney because yeah. Courtney Never didn't know she speak on was... my son. Yes. Um, that was, and Andy was literally making like an eek face. He was like, yeah, during I mean, that whole conversation. Drew, Drew brought it. And, and, and she he... said that uh, Ralph has been coaching Courtney this whole time, yes. which is bold yep and then um courtney tries to say i never spoken your son and then andy specifically says which i love when he does it yeah like he's truth like, teller. you he did goes, yes you did yeah and then drew just gives it to her this was an uncensored uh version or i watched the uncensored version yeah, of Atlanta. Me too. and i think they don't curse once except drew finally says fuck <laughs> keep keep my son's name out of your fucking mouth and that fuck really resonated because yeah, yeah i mean there was no cursing apart from that it was uncensored like from that one fuck. totally it was it was it was great. I have, even though Drew makes mistakes and she lies and all this stuff or whatever, like I need one more season of Drew yeah. in this era. I think she is such a target for people because she makes herself a target, but I want to see her, like we always talk about, like unencumbered from Ralph, see what she does. And there, cause there's a lot of merit there. Totally. Um, just one quick thing. Um, when uh, Marlo, they give Mar- a Marlo minute of like a fashion minute where yeah. she gets to judge everyone for what oh, they're wearing. Right. Um, and then she says something bitchy about what Kenya's wearing. And Kenya goes like, you're the one that looks like um, Miss Roper from Three's Company, which I felt like was like premeditated for Andy to love. Yes. She <laughs> knows he exactly. he fucking loved it. Yeah. He, he was like, not Miss Roper. <laughs> he, loved, he loved everything. He loved yeah. She News. He loved the bag. He ate a bite out of the plum. <laughs> like, he ate a bite out of a he, plum. He like ran and got it. Could you imagine? I could never imagine a world where Andy would take a bite out of a fruit I know. that was thrown. He was also joking about when Sheree was talking about um, her birthday dinner and how she was like... You know, she was like, I wouldn't expect him to pay because I invited everyone. And he was like, oh, so you're saying since you invited everyone, yeah. um, you would pay. And she's like, me pay? 
Right. And he was like, oh, I thought that's what you were going to say. And he was like, then he, they were talking about how Sheree owes Drew for the balloons. And Andy's like, I'll Venmo you, Drew, for my girl. Yeah. And I was like, that's, he's getting involved. That's sweet. A part of me thinks that Andy, uh, you know, might think that the season was a little lackluster. Mm-hmm. And to Well then what's he gonna do with the Roni reunion like freaking acrobatics? He's gonna soar through the air like pink. You just brought <laughs> such a wonderful <laughs> mental image into my mind that minute you said it. The answer is yes. Pink get down. In order to get any kind of entertainment at the Roni reunion, I think he's gonna do gymnastics. Sort of <laughs> fire like, breathing. Think sort of like do you remember Batman Forever when they mm-hmm. show Robin doing the, the okay. gymnastics with his family? I think it's going to be sort of similar uh-huh. to that. Cute. Um, okay, so next week we get Ralph. We get the sad miscarriage story. We get Sheree bringing more documents. Whoa. Um, Drew potentially singing and then or not singing. That, that <laughs> moment felt really odd and made me really enticed to watch it. They bathe Drew in blue light. Like she's going to have a solo already no performance. Yeah, he's like everybody. Like he's like, ladies and gentlemen, Drew Sedora. And then she's like, I can't do this. But we've already seen already no three times on this season. Maybe she has a new single. I don't know. What what is the precedent though? I mean, I can only remember when um, Kim got to sing. Oh, yeah. um, Ring don't mean a thing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so like are they giving drew the the kim treatment where I she guess. gets to have a but like ralph is sitting there while she performs potentially she was like i can't do this it's insane i mean it looks good i'm excited i, I think that just like new jersey this season because the cast is just so inherently entertaining and it's in this environment they all know they need to be ramped up and fun and yeah. it's just great even if you have an uneven season if you're a great cast you can just bring it for the reunion totally. and this was this was that okay they brought it um, you're going to kill me, but I have to pee before Roni. I would, no, I love when we take breaks and pee and, but this is an odd, uh, pee break. I'll just say for the yeah, listener, we I never do it through. We never do a two hour 17, but I think it's because <laughs> I'm looking at your beverages over there. I'm double bed. And I understand. Let's take a quick break and then we're going to talk about dog shit Roni. <laughs> Hello. How was it? Good. Oh, I good. feel clear headed, ready to shit on Roni again. Um, okay, so you concur with me that this was bad, objectively yeah. bad? Yeah, like I was saying before, when I watched it um, the second time to take notes, I was truly like, I can't believe I'm watching this again. It's just so dull. It is so dull. And I mean, just generally, this episode felt like there was 20 minutes of very boring scenes up front yeah and then the news starts to spread that or or, uh, that aaron learns that jenna is going on a trip the trip two days before right and then aaron tells everyone and they just talk about it for 30 more minutes (laughs) yeah that that was like the structure of the episode it's very weird i feel like um first of all i blinked and missed that they were going on this trip like they spend no time setting up. It's just Sai and Uba go shopping and there's just a quick moment of uh, Sai saying like, we should go. Yeah. Like unlike OC where I don't give a shit how they end up saying they go to Mexico and I love that they just did it quick. Yeah. This one felt too quick because it's like, I know why you guys are going on a trip, but please try to justify it. It makes yeah. no, it makes was no weird. sense. Where, where are they going? Anguilla. Oh, right. Right. Anguilla. Um, 
so yeah, they Uba is reintroduced because she's been MIA because of COVID. What's going on with Uba as a cast member? <laughs> they don't they don't go into her home life at all. I feel like we really right. don't know anything about her. And then she just had two episodes off because of COVID, so that didn't help her at all. I know. I don't... It was weird. Uh, when I was watching the show the other day, it was like the intro, you know, Uba's first. She's like, what's the secret ingredient? And she goes, that's me, darling, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy walked in and he was like, she's good. I was like, she's not been on the show. <laughs> I'm like, when she's on it, uh, when she was in this episode now back, I'm just like, I don't know anything about Uba. And, no. and she doesn't really bring a lot. I feel like she's no. very malleable by the Everyone opinions likes of others. her. Yeah, she's just a nice, like, good person. And she seems semi-fun. Yeah. But she... she's not integral to this cast at all. No. Um... Like, she's like, she's fine almost being a peripheral person. Like, right. Well, I mean, I don't know anything about her home life. She should be a friend of. She had that brief like therapy session where right. she cried, but that was it. And I don't know what that was about. And then we know that her hot sauce was on Oprah's favorite things. Okay. Which maybe we should do a taste test. Oh, that'd be fun. Okay. I would like that. Cool. Um, okay. So then they have Jenna and her brother talking. She reveals that she's been working with Rockefeller Center to bring retail food and beverage back to rockefeller plaza uh-huh. which i was like what me too well i was just like i was like i take your word for it i don't know what you're doing but that sounds good yeah also um, our friend Lindsay made a good point when either last week or sometime recently we were talking about questioning how rich jenna was because i was like how much could she have possibly made at, at that like j crew job or whatever but she brought up a good point that she probably was getting major stock yeah. um, the whole time, and then they went public, so she probably got like a massive cash out. Right, but I wasn't questioning how wealthy Jen is. I mean, I was. You were. Well, I was just like, she wasn't like the CEO, so I'm just like, it appears that like like her apartment is like insane. Right. Like, yeah. She just seems very rich, and I was okay. just curious about how rich. Oh well, yeah, that makes that makes sense. But this scene again. Rony scenes, for some reason, these Rony scenes feel very long, not yeah. edited. They like give them way too much room to breathe, and yeah. usually they're not they're not that interesting. So right. it's like, why? It why would usually be more fleeting. Yes. Um, although I did want the details. Like, I'm curious about her genetic disorder, and she kind of goes into it, which then plays into stuff that happens later, and then. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's so much gnarlier oh, than yeah. I even thought. Oh, and like, it makes with like the it, dental stuff, and it makes all the cast members look so much worse. That in the same episode, she just gets done detailing <laughs> this, uh, you know, this disease that she has. Yeah, and then they're all commenting on her skin <laughs> and how she looks, and that she needs to go before. Like, it, like, it just that makes them an look, excuse. Like, couldn't have been worse. Like, her worse dental time. work looks horrifying. Like, I mean, I could barely look at it. It was crazy, and I was like, dang. And then I started googling incontinenti pigmenti. And it's like fucked. Like it's like I feel bad for her. That sucks. And it sucks that she kind of has to like advocate for herself so much and they still like won't believe her. Right. And I'm like, dude, she's telling you. Like also the thing that pisses me off about like first of all, she was saying like she again, it's like the Sheena two point It's like she didn't just get like veneers put in, she got like bone grafts and like a sinus lift. I don't even know what that is. Like it's like gnarly. Right. But anyways, the thing that pisses me off is that who would be mad that someone went on a trip 
early. No one normal. If you came late, I could understand because you're like, you're missing out. Like you're, you know, not whatever. But I'm like, if your friend's like, I'll meet you. I'm going for even more time. It, 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 I'll be there when you arrive. It, it doesn't What's make any What's the fucking problem? It doesn't make any sense. In, in a normal <laughs> world, no one would talk about it and no one would care. And if they were having fun on their own as normal people, people would be like, Jenna's here early. Great. Go. Oh my God. They're like try hard ass text thread where they were like, oh. she loves the D. Like, oh, I was like, so, this is a nightmare. Oh, it looks so lame. And, and the production <laughs> felt like that was worthy of being up there because it shows this like group it camaraderie that doesn't exist at all. I mean, and then Bren got along scene two with her brother at the same time yeah. in, in, in LA, right? Yeah. They're like hiking. They're whatever. in LA. I guess her brother lives in Seoul. And so they meet in the middle um, in LA. Um, it was a little interesting because I do find her upbringing, you know, I don't know brings some color to her so it was interesting that her and her brother were talking about how they're both so damaged by uh-huh. that um i also just noted she was crying about how her grandma and her dog died at the same time and i was like ariana pilled oh yeah for sure <laughs> she called wow. it a double homicide <laughs> which was kind of funny yeah that's pretty good um so yeah we got the double brother uh scenes um aaron brings jenna soup uh this is where she goes i feel like I don't know. She, you know, she says she wants to go early so she can get a tan so that her skin looks, you know, Mm -hmm. even or whatever. And then she, I couldn't tell. I mean, she could just, I agree that she could just own that she doesn't want to fly coach. Yeah. Because she did say that. She said in addition or, you know, (laughs) what what it's like and, and B, I don't want to, you know, fly coach. But yeah. It's just like, who cares? I'm like, yeah, are you surprised? And I also think that Jenna Lyons was like trying to be fun and endearing and right. like let a little bit of what she thinks the show is about, which <laughs> is like, you know, people yeah. who don't want to fly coach. And like yeah. when she gave them a little bit of a, like, I don't know what that, that is, yeah. but that, a little bit of her personality, like yeah. that that's something about her. Aaron runs, runs with it and tries to, you know, make everyone, uh, you know, use that against her. So dumb. Yeah. Um, then there's the Jessel and Povit convo that is so weird because it does seem like they are probably operating in a tongue-in-cheek yes way but the show's not really playing it like that like you know he goes uh he's she's like why are you going to vietnam he's like i need some time myself oh, right and like, he's like i'm gonna get a bond me and he's like you're about to go to anguilla and she's like he's like why are you going on that she's like to spend time with my friends which is also like funny because it's just because I'm a housewife, bitch. Right. Um, and, he, and she's like, what are you going to go spend time with a sandwich? Which was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, and he's going to that far for three days, which is very weird. Uh, he said he loves flying. So that's part of the fun. Um, and she's like, what am I supposed to do? My mom's not going to be here. And he goes, that's your problem to figure out, which you can tell he's kind of like about to like laugh. And she even says to him, she's like, you're smiling. So I can never tell if you're serious. Right. So it seems like they're being tuck in cheek, but it feels like the show is setting him up to be like a demon. Totally. That's exactly right. Like they have playful bickering or whatever in their relationship where they poke fun at each other and they say stuff like this. And Pava is funny. Yeah. Like, you know, he's got a good sense of humor. But yeah, you're right. They're like, they're teeing this up like this is going to be the dissolution of their marriage pretty right. soon. But they're both, yeah, you're, yeah, exactly. They're both smiling through this conversation. They both think it's silly. I mean, I want to know actually what he's doing in Vietnam. It's really weird to go for three days. Right. Like it's so far. 
do you think he's just like not they're just not telling the audience but he has a specific reason and like and Jessel knows and he's just you know I don't know maybe there's just something missing from that conversation like Jessel must know actually what he's doing he's not just going to get a sandwich right and I'm sure once cameras went down she's like okay what are you really doing in Vietnam <laughs> right it's weird he was just being silly I think yeah it's weird I need more info. And then she, in the same scene, um, she reconsiders, right? Or is that is that the scene where she reconsiders the green lingerie and says, oh, "Actually, right. she's going to pack it." I think that is Jessel saying, "Don't mind that I complained about this thing in the you know in the season premiere. I actually yeah. really like this thing, and I yeah. love every gift that I receive. And this yeah. is actually beautiful." She's like, "I've lost some weight. I think it'll look better on me now." And I'm like, "That wasn't the problem. <laughs> That's not what you said." <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so. Now they're in Anguilla. The house looks sick. Aaron narks out Jenna to everyone. They do um, a trope of which they have watched on every single franchise where they race to get the best room. Yeah. And this was the worst version of that. The most yeah. boring to watch because just they're not fun when they're running to the rooms. Yeah. Um, she, everyone's like, ew, oh my God. Like, hate that, that about the coach thing. Right. Um, Bryn says that she has a hard time getting mad at Jenna because Jenna does the baby voice. And then they showed a montage and I was like, she should stop doing that. I <laughs> was very surprised by that because when Bryn said, <laughs> I I start to forgive Jenna whenever she does her baby voice or, or she makes fun of her baby voice. Yeah. I forget if it was disparaging or not. I was like, Jenna doesn't do a baby voice. Are you mistaking how her voice sounds? Sometimes? Roll the clip. <laughs> Roll the clip. That, why haven't you showed us that Jenna's been doing a baby voice? That's a hero edit. Yeah. If I would have known Jenna had been doing a baby voice frequently throughout the season, oh, I would have. It ended with a clip of her being like, I'm just a baby. I was like. Ah! Uh, producers, if someone does a baby voice, even though I know you want us to like them, you have to include it. Because I, I rightfully think Bryn and Aaron, everybody would be mad if they said, why have you not captured her recurring baby voice? Yeah. That's weird. I didn't. I I was a little shocked. Totally. Jenna, don't do that baby voice anymore. It's weird. <laughs> so then um, the way that when Aaron relays the information that she's so happy, the cat that caught the canary, she yeah. loves that she gets to spread this yeah. gossip that Jenna told her in confidence as a friend, thinking that this wouldn't be a big deal. Every, yeah. Jenna had every reasonable reason for telling Aaron this thing. Yeah. And was confiding in her about the coach thing, which yeah. she thinks is fun yeah. and silly. Aaron says with no context that this is what this happened. And then you watch them all get fake mad. Yeah. All of them build up their fake inauthentic anger right. at this situation. And they all start feeding off each other. Like this is indicative of some horrible failing in Jenna's personality. And they start to go, this is just like the gifts that she gives us. This is blah, blah, blah. It's like this yeah. indictment against Jenna yeah. Lyons. This, this brings nice like person. everything's a branding opportunity. I just can't take it. Yeah. And then they're like, that's not the real reason. And then it's like, oh no, wait, no, if she was going to actually tan or if it was about the coach thing, then just be real about it. Just say what it actually is. Like they start to um, start to pick apart the way she gave that information. Right. Like anything they can say about this. Then Uba, who's so out of it and doesn't <laughs> even know, I think, which way the wind is blowing, just goes, Jenna can suck a dick. And it's like, what? What are you talking about? It was like, insane. Like that, that reaction was just, Uba was just feeling the energy of them all creating this <laughs> fake conflict. And she just said the most egregious thing out of nowhere. It was bizarre. It, very bizarre. And then they work themselves up into a, full fervor group yeah. think like yeah. hatred and then of course 
That's when Jenna comes out. Yeah. And it's so awkward. And then Jenna does. I'll give her credit. She got tan. Yeah. Right? Very tan. Yeah. And then. Um, Wearing yeah. like a backless dress. Um, her skin looked great. I, yeah. You know. yeah. And then they, I, I will say, they lose a lot of their steam. Yeah. They are not brave enough to actually tell Jenna immediately up front. Like they don't give her the full onslaught of their right. anger. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, and then Jenna gets all. She does botch her explanation. She could have just been very cut and dry about it. But then she was like, I needed to come early to like get my tan or whatever. She was like, I was going to go before. But then my friend got a puppy. And then she was like. Yeah, over explaining. It was like too many things. And then everyone was like, you know, just accusing her of being full of shit, basically. Yeah. And then. And, and then, then she tried to be like, she was like, if I looked like you guys, I wouldn't have had to do this, which right. maybe was a slightly dramatic. But then Bryn is like, that's a cop out. And I was just like, girl. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then Jenna says another thing, which, you know, is is very true, is that she said, I didn't think this would be a big deal. Just yeah. like her leaving Aaron's house in the Hamptons to go sleep in her own house when cameras are basically down. Yeah. She didn't think it was a big deal. And in any normal circumstances with any friend group in any other environment, this wouldn't be a big deal. But because they are so desperate for <laughs> something to talk about, they made it a huge deal. And right. that's why it's so inauthentic and fake. And they they can't not talk about someone missing because of the lack of entertainment that they're bringing on their own. Yeah. Like in it, OC for just because it happened this week, Shannon doesn't go to Heather's event. Yeah. They talk about it for one second, one second only. They go, okay, now we are stopped talking about that. We focus on the group that is here. That's the normal way to do it. Talk about yeah. it for one second, why somebody didn't show up and then have fun on your own, but yeah. they can't. Yeah. Um, Jenna goes, she says, you know, I never show my skin. Have you ever seen a picture of me on the red carpet showing my skin or whatever? And then Bryn is like, I don't look at pictures of you on the red carpet. Mean. And everyone's like, ha, 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 so, ha, 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 so mean, so unnecessary. Like when she said Aaron's party was just boring. Right Everyone's her face. so like, desperate for a clap back that yeah. they just react like it was like the greatest thing anyone's was, ever said. It was so it, it was very mean of Bryn to say that. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, they decide they're going to go to dinner. Jenna describes her room as charming because she definitely got the shittiest room, but it looks fine. And, and then, don't they try to talk shit about that? Jessel's like, she's only saying charming because that's what you say when you actually hate a room and she actually hates this and she hates all of us. And it's like, God damn, give Jenna a goddamn break. She's trying on this show with you guys. Yeah. She's the only one that is just behaving natural to herself. Right. And then like Bryn has a guy bring up Aaron's luggage oh, as right. like a, like another little try hard scene, which is weird. And then, and then Aaron's response to this, which is so inauthentic and lame. She goes, Oh, I love Bryn for doing that. And then she remembers that she's in this fake <laughs> conflict with her and she has to tell herself out loud. She goes, Oh wait, no, actually I don't. I hate Bryn right now. It's like, yeah. damn, you just flopped and said that you, like <laughs> the truth. You don't yeah. <laughs> really care about this conflict with no. Bryn at all. It's so dumb. Um, and then yeah, Jessel and Jenna have like kind of like a chill conversation about how, you know, Jenna's surprised that it went down like this and she doesn't know why Bryn has something against her and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then they show like the scenes from next week, and literally nothing happens. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even watch them. The, so it appears they're gonna have a beach photo shoot, a la um, uh, Kelly Ben Simone shooting Alex McCord. Um, Alex McCord. Oh. Um, 
Wait, are they really? Are they trying to like maybe have a Roni moment like that? <laughs> Probably. Um, and then, yeah, there's more talk about Coach. No, no Jenna going like, "Do you really think that oh. I?" didn't come because of, I didn't want to fly coach. It's not enough that 30 minutes of that this episode were dedicated to that. We have to spend more, more time. There's more. Oh my God. So I was like, that's really bleak street that the preview is that bad. And we're like, we're halfway through the season. Oh my God. It's like already running on fumes. What the hell are they going it's to dark. do? I, I, don't know. All right. I don't know. Well, we'll be there to watch it. And, um, dissect it and discuss it and talk about it and think about it you know for weeks to come but we have beautiful things i think in the future salt lake city was was i thought very powerful and then southern charm is oh, going to yes. hit like a ton of bricks oh, i'm yeah. so excited to talk about southern charm with you because we never yeah. really got to talk about it my gosh um so it'd be good so how do you feel about us winding down saying goodbye to each other ending this episode in um a good spot <laughs> i think it's great we made it through um i think that the the good three out of the four helped generate yes. some energy for it us was, it was nice I, I was excited to talk about salt lake city and yeah. i like talking about oc it was still fun so this is good if you like this episode please let us know because we need any positive feedback if you have negative feedback do not send that to us. Yeah, we also recorded a real doozy of a uh, Patreon that will come out this coming Monday. So if you don't subscribe there yet, you should. We are, yeah, we're talking about the Vanderpump Rules Season 2 finale, the yeah. infamous, um, iconic finale of Vanderpump Rules. If you want to hear our thoughts, you could pay us five bucks and just listen to that and then dip out and never <laughs> see us again. Yeah. But we want you to stay, obviously. Yeah, I think you'll stay after you see. Yeah, okay, well... Uh, Amy and I love you so much and um, yeah let's say goodbye to our little turtle cuties and we'll be back next week bye guys goodbye bye this one's for you tonight hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.